exceptional temporary help while your secretary goes on her summer vacation? Then call us. Ollie Girl Temporary Services, hello. Every Ollie Girl has been personally drilled by Colonel North himself and is fully trained in typing, filing, and shredding. And they'll work part-time so you won't do dime. So, I need a girl who'll stuff some top-secret documents down her blouse. Uh-huh. But listen, she should be very loyal mm-hmm. and a hot-looking bimbo. Got it. Remember, next time you need a real professional who'll cover your phone as well as your butt, get yourself an Ollie Girl. Part-time help with full-time immunity. Okay, 1008 at WINZ and all those people in the audience who are upset because we're not carrying the hearings today and we got a lot of calls. They're all too dull, he says. But, you know, that's the fun way to go with a real dull one. That's the way the audience wants us to go with dull razor blades. Sharp ones, you know, immediately. No pain, no problem. But when they're dull, that's where the pain comes in. There is so much potential in this area, and the people in this state, the majority of them are so goddamn dumb that it's it's unbelievable. It's embarrassing. It's humiliating. It's debasing. It's degrading. And as far as, you know, anybody who would suggest to you that I'm insulting the audience, we've only got about 9% of the audience, which means 91% of the people who live here who listen to the radio don't even listen to this show. So there are about 9% of us who've got our heads on straight, and the other 91% are a bunch of morons. Well, let's round it off. Let's make it 90. And I keep hearing all of this. See, what they love to do in this town is rationalize. Like, if it weren't for the Cubans, Miami would be nothing. That's, that's a line that really sticks in my craw. Or sticks somewhere. That is the biggest bunch of hogwash. And again, you're supposed to lie. You're not supposed to say the truth because then you're Cuban bashing, you're anti-Cuban, you're a hate monger, you're this, you're that, whatever. And as I've told you 50 million times, I don't deal with people as members of groups. I deal with them as individuals. Because in every group, there are the good, the bad, and the ugly, to quote Hugo Montenegro and Colonel North, okay? The good, the bad, and the ugly. I wonder which of those Colonel North is. Well, we know one of those for sure, the last one. Wouldn't you think with all that money that they were siphoning off, he at least could have done something with his teeth? Get a good dentist. Call Dr. Rosa, will you please? We got a good dentist in Hallandale for you, Ollie. Miami, at this point, is like Calcutta. It's like a hodgepodge of, I hate to say it, because, you know, people will then start with all that all that typical pseudo-intellectual crap about I'm xenophobic and I'm this and I'm that, and about all the other cities are melting pots. Melting pot is one thing, but just a city of foreign intrigue and crime is another thing, and that's basically what Miami is. And no question about it, Bayside is loaded with cars and loaded with people, and even though they're bellyaching because they're overcharging everybody in some of the stores to try to make up for those humongous rents, granted, if you want to see some action in the city of Miami, that's one place I will confess, Major, I'm sure, is listening. No question, every time we've gone by there, loaded with cars. But how about the rest of... You see, when you talk about Miami, you're not just talking about the city of Miami. I know many of us who live in places like Coral Springs and Plantation and Sunrise and uh, wherever, 
we like to kind of in our own minds isolate ourselves from Miami because we assume that Miami is not for me. Miami is alien. No speaking of English. It's a totally foreign country, which is why people are not going to go there to see basketball games in Overtown. People are not going to go there from Broward and from Palm Beach to go to Bayside. They're not even going to the Galleria in Broward County. We can talk about that again. All those liars who called in two days ago and wasted all of Stan's gas money. They wasted his gas allowance for the whole week. He's going to be staying at home all weekend because you people wasted his budget gas for the whole week. Schlepping to the Galleria to see absolutely nothing and nobody. Oh, but it's a Thursday, and oh, it's the middle of July, and there's nobody here. Whoever heard of such a thing? In the middle of the winter, in the dead of winter, in the middle of December or January, you could go to Chicago or Detroit, two of the schmutziest northern cities I can think of. And no matter where you go, it would be loaded with people, at least unless they're snowed in that day. And nobody would say, oh, well, it's not the uh, summer season. It's, uh, you know, the dead of winter and the weather, it's 20 below zero. There's nobody here. Nobody ever heard from such crap. But here, the minute that the Easter Bunny crawls back into the hole, does the Easter Bunny live in a hole? Or is he related to that pig from West Virginia? Oh, he lives in a hutch. That's cute. Well, wherever he crawls into, that's it. Adios, arrivederci, until Thanksgiving, maybe Christmas, maybe a little after Sukkot. Who knows when it's going to be when they start coming back. And how many of you can name me another American city where a sizable percentage of the population, and I'm talking about warm climate cities. Do you think that a big chunk of the population in San Diego gets up and leaves in the summertime? No! Or Houston. I mean, you could fry eggs on the sidewalk in Houston. Or Phoenix. Major can tell you about 120 in the shade in the summertime. Do you think that in cities like that in the summertime, a, a big chunk of the population just disappears? We've got it all. We've got snowbirds. We've got early birds. And Cesar Odio and Sergio Pereira, the man of many faces and many suits, very upset. And I want to correct something, by the way. I said the other, yesterday, I think, that Sergio Pereira was the number one asshole in Dade County. Now, that's going a little bit far. He's up there in the top five. But number one, giving him a little bit too much credit, I think. I got carried away. Because he was already making all of these comments and holding, you know, this meeting. He hadn't even read the article. Now, the only reason I'm talking about it is because, well, everybody else has got an opinion about it. Nobody's read the article except the people in the newsrooms at those stations in town fortunate enough to have it. We do have a copy of the Weekly Reader, by the way. Arlene left it last night. Also, a little bit later on, I asked a question yesterday. We never got one response to it about Delta. Would you fly Delta if you're going on vacation this summer? They had another episode night before last. Another one. Yeah, I think what I would do is fly them to Boston. They seem to be having real good luck in Boston and L.A. My only experience on Delta was the first leg when I went to Hawaii a few years ago. 
the first leg from here to Denver and then supposedly to L.A., supposedly. But it didn't quite work out that way because I wound up being on two planes on the ground in Denver, Delta, sitting an hour and a half on each one with malfunctions, technical malfunctions. Finally, we were uh, flown to Long Beach. This is a true story. Long Beach. It took an hour to get my luggage. Bust to L.A., put up in a hotel overnight, and then flew Eastern to Hawaii, which was great. You know, for all the ragging people do on Eastern, it's like they've got a death wish. I mean, that would be like the people in Rochester ragging on Kodak, which they don't do. They're not stupid. But here, of course, the people are stupid. So they rag all the time on Eastern. I've been flying Eastern for I don't know how many years. I never have any big problem. Oh, sure, there are times when a flight takes off a half hour late or whatever it is. But generally speaking, I don't have any major problems. I think most of their problems are between labor and management. That's where 99% of the problems are. But at least they land on the right runway. You know, if they say they're going to land in Alabama, at least it's the right state. You know, with Delta, it might not even be the right country. But because Eastern is such an important part, component of our economy here, it's uh, very popular to rag on Eastern. See, if you just talk in general about how the town has uh, degenerated, then you're a bad guy. But it's okay to specifically pick out, you know, major industries and rip them to shreds. That's okay. And encourage people to fly other airlines. You know, good airlines like um, People's Express. You know those airlines where they have like a little door. You know what I'm talking about? Like not even a gate. There's like you go downstairs and there's a little door. And you really never... I've always wondered where those people wind up. Like is there really a runway out there somewhere? Is there really an aircraft? Or are they just... Is that just for a show? So other people will think that there really is an airline. It's like at the Rochester Airport. It's one of the only places in the world you get off the plane, and, hey, there's the uh, stairs, and you walk down the stairs. Oh, come on. I mean, this is 1987. Who ever heard of walking down, you know, and, and the steps on airplanes are really fragile, you know, and they have those rinky-tink uh, handrails that every time you hold them, you know, you feel that they're going to fall apart. I wonder if Delta has those. <laughs> No, it's serious. I mean, that's what a Mickey Mouse airport that is up in Rochester. You get off the plane, and you get out, and you go down the steps, and you're on the ground. You kiss the ground, you kiss the Pope's ring, and there you are. Unbelievable. Okay, 1035 at WYNZ. I'm going to get back to a Bunky Buyer and uh, some of the other brain-dead folks that we want to talk about. And then a little later on, I want to, you know, do a couple of hours on Delta. And then we'll see how things go, and maybe we'll take some calls. Maybe not. Maybe we'll leave all the callers for Stan, especially Stan's callers. Now, yesterday, in the early part of the show, I just want to warn you up front, some of Stan's callers must have gotten up early yesterday. I could say on the wrong side of bed, but with them it doesn't make any difference which side. And the rain came a little bit early as well. So I just want to caution you, if there are any of those major misfits, please. Stan starts at 2 o'clock. There are over 6,000. 21 before 11 at WYNZ. And if anybody has seen Harvey Rubin's dog, we certainly uh, encourage you to call. Okay. Uh... <laughs> huh. This town is just uh, so incredible that I could write volumes about it. Nobody would believe it. So I applaud uh, the Cheryl guy, whoever the hell he is. You know, so he lives in Tallahassee. 
Who cares? What does that mean? And some of the statistics they say are old. Of course, we don't have any crime now. We don't have violent crime. Not by regular criminals. Most of the crime now in Miami is committed by the police. You know, when you really come right down to it, it's almost humorous. It's almost hilarious to stop and think about the reaction about this. It's kind of like the Catholic Church. You can't criticize us. You can't say that. In other words, the First Amendment exists only so far as it comes to certain things. But when, when there are other things, when the sacred cows are involved, then you can't speak. You cannot criticize South Florida, and you certainly can't criticize the Catholic Church or the Pope. Very, very few other institutions. Of course, you also can't criticize the president if you live in South Florida, because then you're communista, you're unpatriotic, etc. And that, of course, is another part of the wonderful flavor, the international flavor of Miami, is this right wing, and I understand the article deals with this, this right wing, this rabid, insane I'm not just talking about political leanings. I mean, there are places where there are a lot of liberals who live or whatever. We're not just talking about liberal or conservative. We're talking about people who are in a frenzy, people who are obsessed with their rabid, blind, anti-communista mentality, who know nothing else. I mean, you're entitled, you know, to feel however you want, but when that's that all-consuming and you're obsessed with it, then we got problems. And so we're not supposed to think about the Dolores Prita incident or about all of these silly resolutions they keep putting on the ballot. We don't allow communist country members to come in. And, of course, uh, Joe Carollo, who didn't want to have the uh, Sister Cities Convention here. And on and on and on it goes. And all of this posturing in the last 48 hours or so since they learned about this article and they had their emergency meeting yesterday or Thursday morning, whatever day it was, all of this posturing reminds me exactly of Bruce Singer and all those blue skyers on the Miami Beach. It's the same thing. They think that by continuing to scream loudly enough, of course, no, nobody's got any answers. They're not going to change anything. They scream a lot. And now, of course, they're going to write a letter to the editor of the New York Times. That's heavy. Man, they're not going to take this sitting down. They're going to write a letter to the editor of the New York Times. How do you like that? And all of these mavens on the beach include, and I like Bruce. He's, you know, he never stole a freight train. He's kind of like a schlub, but he's not a bad guy. But he's full of it. The beach looks like hell on wheels. And I said that a few minutes ago. I'll be happy to say it again. It's deadly. Oh, yeah, we got the OVO. Surprise, the OVO is gone. Club Z is gone. The comedy womb is gone. And the reason things disappear, there's one reason why things disappear. And that's because they don't make it. And why don't they make it? Because everything over there is a flash. Oh, we got all these young people. And I applaud Bob Blum. Now, Bob Blum is not a schlub like Bruce Singer. Bob is legitimately a good businessman and has, you know, some real good ideas. And he's got some guts, which is very rare. And Singer's got some guts. No brains, but guts. And you can, you can just document all of this. If you want to get in your car and you want to drive around and look at it, or if you just want to stop and take the newspapers from the last couple of years, look at the spring break thing in Fort Lauderdale. It's like systematically we have a bunch of morons who are doing everything in their power to make reality what all these articles are saying. So what's everybody upset about? They should be applauding. They should be delighted. Because everything that they're working so feverishly to make happen is happening. 
I mean, if you think Calcutta is a world-class city, then I agree. We're a world-class city. No question about it. We have world-class crime, world-class criminals, world-class mafia. You name it. We got it. And as far as people comparing it to New York, what what is the comparison? I have to laugh when I hear that kind of crap. I heard somebody this morning talking about that. Oh, well, New York, you know, the New York Times, what business have they got? New York is so full of crime. and Of course. But this is supposed to be a tropical paradise. And I challenge you, I challenge you to go to Honolulu and to go to Waikiki Beach, to go to a real tourist area, to go to Vegas. You don't have to go all the way to Honolulu. You don't have to sit in Denver on Delta for three hours waiting until they're ready, even when you are. Just go out to Vegas and see the difference. I'm not just talking about the rudeness and the way people are treated. I'm talking about the fact that people are doing business. Things are going on. There's excitement. Remember that family bill in the legislature? What happened to that? Governor Martinez, Governor Dracula, vetoed the bill. That's the kind of state we're in. And, oh, yeah, sometime between January and April of next year or the year after, yeah, we're going to get the lottery. Sometime, somewhere, somewhere down the road. I wouldn't be too surprised. I mean, it's only the middle of July. Between now and then, they could screw it up good. By the way, did you see one of the people who offered his name, who wanted to be considered to be the director of the state lottery? Did you see one of the people who wanted to be director? was Ralph Rennick. And who was one of the outspoken people against the lottery and casino gambling? Ralph Rennick. You know what that would be like? That would be like if they passed casino gambling next year and Dick Capon of the Miami Herald then wanted to be the state director of, of gambling. That's what that's like. Oh, yeah, they have a logo for the lottery. Yeah, it's a little picture of Dracula sucking tax money out of the necks of taxpayers. He's biting somebody's neck and pennies are falling out. And we can sit here, and, you know, it's very depressing to me because I know a lot of the people in this audience voted for casino gambling. and It's a dead issue. I don't really want to get into it. But I bring it up only for the fact that it's not that the answers aren't there for the problems of this community. And, you know, all those people who say, well, this is a residential town. This is It's not like it was years ago. This isn't a tourist town anymore. Who ever heard of such a thing? With the tropical climate and all these beaches, what are we supposed to say? Well, like they did in the uh, Eden Rock, that 84-year-old guy a few years ago, put up a sign, tourists go home. I mean, we've got all the attributes for it, and everybody wants to come here because they're freezing their tushies off up north for six, seven months out of the year. But, hey, uh, we don't need that anymore. We're becoming a uh, world-class city. See, when in doubt, when you're desperate, use one of those cliches. World-class city. We're it. We have world-class morons here, and most of them hold public office. But you see, cities like New York and Los Angeles and Chicago and San Francisco and Philadelphia, uh, they're tourist cities. They do tremendous tourist business. But they also are cities where there are other businesses that are going on. There's manufacturing. There's a lot of industry. There are all kinds of things going on. Of course, we could talk about the movie industry out in Los Angeles, and uh, we kept hearing the movie industry was going to be big here, right, until the governor helped to chase them away.
Rarely a day goes by that we don't have another story about how the booming film industry in South Florida is right on the ropes in jeopardy because of the new tax. You see, one of the things in this state that amazes me is that anything like natural that you just inherit, the people here can find a way to screw it up. I mean, if it's just there and you can go out and take it, they'll still find a way to screw it up. As opposed to being able to exploit it and, you know, profit by it. So tomorrow morning when you get up, one of the first orders of business, those of you who don't, you know, don't have the uh, 50 bucks for the newspaper to subscribe every week, go out to your newsstand. I mean, there are at least three of them in South Florida. Or to one of those coin boxes and pick up the Sunday Times. What is that? Not in coin boxes on Sunday? Are you sure? Like I said, forget about the coin box. Are you positive about that? Boy, that's depressing. Well, in that case, you'll have to uh, drive around for a couple of hours. It'll be a good excuse to take the South Florida tour that I'm always encouraging you to take. There's not enough space for all the coins. That's true. When you have to put in $30 worth of coins, it's kind of difficult. But you'll find a newsstand somewhere, and you'll be able to pick it up. And then you can read all of this terrible propaganda. You know, from the people who have actually read the article, most of them say, you know, even though they're like the picture that's a phony picture and so on, and you can nitpick with any article. I mean, we can't all be perfect like Tropic Magazine articles are. You know, we can't be fair and accurate. And by the way, if the... What's that guy's name? Gene Weingarten, that moron who's the editor of Tropic Magazine. Is he still there? I still have my hair, okay? I mean, there may not be a lot of it there, but I still have some hair. I know that comes as a shock to you. We can't all have as much hair as Mr. Capon. The bald, atheist, homosexual, Jewish, douchebag, tacos. We can't all be, you know, fair like Tropic Magazine. Nobody's perfect except the Herald. But as I started to say, most of the people who have really read it say, hey, you know, basically it's uh, not a bad article and it's uh, pretty fair. And it does show a lot of the positives and it talks about the new basketball team and Bayside. You know, the guy tries to balance it out. But don't confuse the city, uh, the powers that be with that. They don't want to hear from that. All they know is that somebody has said some bad things about us and right away they're Miami bashing. What they're doing is they're telling the truth about an area that's turning into a toilet. And I've been telling you that for the last seven years. And as for this miraculous recovery and this great turnaround and all this other stuff that they keep talking about the last 48 hours, I don't know what they're talking about. Is it the Metro Rail? The People Mover? The Basketball Arena? And then all these, all these little brats, all these spoiled sports now are all upset because they can't all sit on the 50-yard line in the new stadium. The new stadium is the most beautiful damn thing that's ever been in this town. When you go up to Calder this afternoon to plunge your brains out, go up there on the fourth floor in the clubhouse and go outside on the roof garden and take a look. You can almost spit at the stadium. And, of course, some of the uh, season ticket holders would like to do that. No. I mean, this is a place where you can, no matter where you sit, you can actually see the game. And, of course, we've got a lot of phonies here. They don't really want to see the game. They just want to be able to tell all their friends and all the people in the office, oh, I got seats on a 45-yard line. Even though, of course, it's behind a pole in the Orange Bowl and I can't see anything. So I'm very, you know, when there's something good that happens here, I'm delighted, like the new stadium. I th as much as Joe Robbie may be a douchebag, I'll say this. There are damn few other people, especially with all the adversity and all the crap he's taken from the politicians and all the heat he's had to take, there are few people who would still be here with that team. 
There are a dozen cities that would love to have Don Shula and the Dolphins right now, tomorrow, before Sukkis. And how long will it be? How many games will they play before some people find excuses as to why it's no good? That's the thing that I've never been able to figure out. When something is garbage, when a real lemon comes along like the Metro Rail, everybody comes along, hey, this is the greatest thing since they invented matzahs. You know, it's fantastic. It's great. I mean, you had to be a moron. When they started, when they started making the first pillars for the Metro Rail, we used to go out and watch them crack every night. That used to be the big exciting thing to do. Some towns, they go out and they watch them make bread. Here we'd go out and watch the, the pillars cracking on the Metro Rail. And sure enough, they had to repour most of those pillars and redo them. And I'll never forget the night that we did the show a couple of years ago when we had the guy who was the, the head honcho, the supervisor of the whole construction project. He said he wouldn't ride it no matter how much they paid him. But everybody in the media loved the Metro Rail. They couldn't get enough of it. Being a shill in this town, man, that's the number one thing. Being a shill, covering up all the inadequacies, all the problems, and just pretending everything's marvelous. But having the balls to really point out and identify the tremendous insanity that goes on here. If it weren't so, if it weren't so pathetic, it would be funny like the thing with spring break. All of those idiots who said, hey, listen, we don't want all those kids. Send them away. They did everything in their power to get rid of them. Now they've gotten rid of them. And just as I said, I said it right on the ear. I said, what are they going to replace it with? Just like the people who were anti-casino gambling. And I kept saying, okay, give me an alternative. What else are we going to do to compete with Orlando, with all these, with the Bahamas? What do we do? Nobody had any answers. Well, we had the little fishing boats with Howard Kaufman, remember? The little fishing boats. And we had uh, night beach bathing. Jaws 5 with Howard Kaufman. Talk about an idiot. And maybe we can make some little mini buses and we can take people on junkets from South Beach up and they can see the picture on the side of the Fountain Blue building and then we can turn around and go the other way on Indian Creek Drive and take them back and they can sit on the they can sit on the steps and they can rock back and forth and they can wait to die. And that's what's going to be in Fort Lauderdale pretty soon. You know all those all those little motels on the strip there, on the side streets, where generally there are a lot of young people, five to ten years, man, that's going to be just like the beach. You're going to start seeing all springing up, all these retirement homes. So we can make Fort Lauderdale into a gigantic nursing home. Then wait till you see the line at Sadie's Buffet. Oh, boy. All the way from, all the way from A1A to Sadie's Buffet. You know, well, we used to have spring break here. You couldn't drive on A1A because there were all those crowds of young people. Now you won't be able to drive because there'll be crowds of old people. They'll all be out there with their walkers, and it'll be great. It'll be terrific. Now they can jaywalk across University Drive. 10.55 at WINZ. We do have another break to do, so uh, let's do it. It's the first time ever, and it's making Hyundai history at Gulfstream. You know, where was Ollie North when we needed him, right? Where was Ollie North in 1959 and 1960 when we needed him? So we could have convinced all of those Cubans to stay there. They could have become Contras, freedom fighters in our own country. Stayed there and fought the Comunistas instead of invading and turning this into a foreign country. And there are a lot of wonderful Cuban people out there. There's the disclaimer that we always have to give, you know, lest I be chastised for generalizing. And, I've, you know, I've always said that. But the idea that Cubans made Miami is, is a lie. 
because the influx of all of these boat people has prevented this from being the kind of great city that it could be, great American city that it could be. And I underline American because Miami, by any barometer, by any stretch of anyone's imagination, is not an American city. It's a foreign country. It's a banana republic. I mean, when they took the city seal and they put Chiquita's picture on it, I mean, that, that should have given you an idea right there. Jim Loney's here with local and area news headlines next. The world news from CBS upcoming at the top of the hour. And then we'll come back with hour number two at 11.05, 11.06, somewhere around in there. You know, a little bit after the top of the hour. And Stan Major and his uh, communist frogs will be along from 2 to 6 this afternoon. This weekend, Rogers. Hey, Rosita, I have to go shopping downtown for my mother. She needs some tortillas and chili peppers. The sounds of a world-class city, ladies and gentlemen. Medley. Sweetwater. 11.06 at WYNZ. We're back for hour number two. And there's one other aspect of this whole thing. Because everybody, once the New York Times thing comes out tomorrow, everybody's going to be talking about it. So it's good that Fred Schatz is going to be here on Monday. Because we won't talk about it. Then Tuesday, when they're all done talking about it, then we'll talk about it. Or not, as the case may be. Did I say anything about anybody calling this show? I didn't ask anybody to call. See, the one thing I've discovered in 11 and a half long, long, long years... And I say this almost every day, but it's a constant reminder, is that when you want people to call, because they're antisocial to begin with, when you want them to call, it's always, there's always that tooth-pulling kind of thing you've got to go through. When you don't want them to call, man, the phone lights up like a Hanukkah bush, constantly. Look at that, all seven lines going nuts. What did I do? Did I say, hey, now would be a good time? Oh, I know what it is. Uh, the tea lady on the, on the cart gives the numbers out. I've never been able to figure out why they do that on the cards. Like in the intro to the show, on all these talk shows, they give the phone numbers out. I can give you the phone numbers. They're very simple. There are only two of them, first of all, and they're very easy to remember, and there's no problem. Oh, the Broward calls are probably for the plant guy on IOD, yeah. Or Jim Mandich, one or the other. I think what they ought to do one day over there, I think it would be fun for them to do sports talk 24 hours one day, just for the fun of it. Wouldn't that be great? They could talk about even the uh, Miami tropics. Now, come on, Joe. Joe Zagaki has let the tropics down. I think that when Joe is on again, you ought to talk about the Miami tropics, honey, because uh, you've let them down. Nobody knows about them. I must confess that I was embarrassed because I sat there and I'm reading that newspaper... And I felt like I was in a different town. I said, there's no such team as the Tropics. Did anybody ever hear of them? So, and the article was going on about the fact that they only drew 300 and some odd people. Wouldn't it be probably nice if somebody knew that they existed? Not that the United Basketball League is probably going to make it anyway or that anybody really cares. But wouldn't it be interesting if somebody knew that they existed? That would probably be a good start. I also see, I'm a little bit nervous for Ron Fraser, by the way. <clears throat> I'm a little nervous for Ron. Because on the front page, I think it's on the front page of today's Herald, isn't it? See, one nice thing, one of the perks about working here is you can get the Herald for free. And since I don't get it at home, it's, yeah, it's the bottom right-hand corner, big picture. Castro greets U.S. All-Stars. And here's a picture of Fidel. 
I don't know who this one kid is who's got his uh, hand up in the air, but Fidel is pointing at him. Now, <laughs> there are a lot of things that I can assume. I'm not really sure about Fidel. You know, you never be too sure about a crazy Cuban. To the cheers of 30,000 spectators, Castro left his seat, walked into the American dugout and shook hands with U.S. coach Ron Fraser and the other Americans, spoke with the players for about five minutes. And I like Ron a lot. He's one of the real... He's a breath of fresh air, if you pardon that expression, in an otherwise depressing town. But when Ron comes back, he may have a little bit of problems next season over at Mark Light Stadium because now that uh, he has shaken hands with Fidel Castro, in the minds of some, he may be tarnished. Yeah, Fidel wants a contract with the Yankees and a kid knows George Steinbrenner. Who is probably one of the most objectionable human beings on the face of the earth, George Steinbrenner. And I say that with no reservation whatsoever. But getting back to this whole diatribe, that, you know, it's, it's compulsory. Everybody must go through this because we, you know, the powers that be discovered ahead of time that this article was coming out, just like the Time Magazine article back uh, six, seven years ago. Paradise Lost. The article was absolutely truthful. It was a very, in fact, if anything, it was an understatement. It was a very accurate reflection of what a toilet this town had been turned into by the Muriel Boatlift. And did Jimmy Carter ever come back and apologize? No. Instead of writing his memoirs, what he should have done was come down here, moved into Little Havana, or moved into South Beach. Could have brought his brother along. They wouldn't have had to wash the buildings anymore. Of course, Billy is off all of that now. He's clean now. He still occasionally tinkles outdoors, but he's not drinking. You know, one step at a time. Every time this happens, we get the same reaction, and I get the same reaction, and I know some of you are just waiting, dying, to ask the question. So I'm going to beat you to the punch. Because they ask me this every time, you know, and they ask everybody this question. If you don't like it here, why don't you get out? I didn't say I didn't like it here. If I didn't like it here, I'm sure there are plenty of other places I could get a good job, make plenty of money. And actually talk to living and breathing people who are anxious to talk to you, who are not antisocial. But I do like the weather. I don't like freezing my tushy off for eight months out of the year. And when I went to Rochester a couple of weeks ago in the middle of the summertime and it was cold and bitter and rainy and windy and nasty, I said, wait a minute. When does the good stuff come? When is the summertime? And then I remembered it's about three days in late July and early August, and that's it. But when you live somewhere and you care, see, if it's only for me, if it's only selfishly, it doesn't make a lot of difference to me. Because whether we have casino gambling or not, and I was accused of having all kinds of interest that was being paid off, and I was going to be the uh, casino commissioner, me and Dick Capen, I guess, going to be the casino, all of this crap. I have no vested interest in it. But wouldn't it be nice instead of people every weekend going to the Bahamas to all those fakers down there that Stan exposes very accurately every day or having to fly all the way to Vegas, which is so, so far away, or God forbid go to Atlantic City, which is an absolute toilet, wouldn't it be nice to be able to, right here in our own community, have some action, have some fun, 
and bring back the big-name entertainment. See, the idea of bringing back the old days is people, you know, reopening old restaurants with the same name with garbage. I don't want to mention a particular restaurant in Dania that is, uh, you know, looks very closed and dark to me. But uh, that's people's idea. They're going to bring back the past. You can't bring back the past. The past is over with. Finished. Arrivederci. But you can certainly start over again. You can say, hey, listen, we've got an opportunity to really do things here, like they do in Orlando. I mean, Orlando is one of the one of the slimiest little towns you could ever imagine. It's a it's a filthy, slimy, disgusting place with a bunch of Yahoo rednecks. So what does that say about us? I mean, if they've been able to do what they do. They've got that beautiful new airport. And they're building, Disney is building that big movie complex. And they just keep expanding and expanding and doing all these incredible things while we sit here getting PO'd because people are writing bad things about us. So we're going to write a letter to the editor of the New York Times. Bah! Take this. And, of course, once we write the letter, once they put it in the mailbox, that'll make everything improve, right? And all of a sudden, the cops will all be honest, and the politicians will stop buying stolen suits, and uh, everything will be great. And people will come back to the Galleria, and the kids will come back to A1A, and everything will be wonderful again like it used to be. See, when you've lived here for any period of time, and you've seen the rapid decline. You know, some of the Johnny-come-latelys who've been here a couple of years, and all of a sudden are instant mavens on what this area is, as I said before, you have no perspective to judge by. If you go right now to New York City for the first time in your life, I guarantee you, unless you're a, unless you're a dodo bird, you're going to think, boy, this is an incredible and exciting, this is, man, this is phenomenal. And yes, it still is an exciting city, and there are a lot of things to do there, but it's a toilet compared to what it was 20 years ago. This is urban blight, urban decay, rot, crotch rot. That's what's happening in the big cities around the country. Crotch rot. <laughs> we better send them that undergear, undergarment catalog. But when you have an area that's got all the natural beauty and all of the natural attributes like we do, and when the federal government spends millions and millions of dollars to rebuild the beach that washed away, and they give you a beach that looks like the Sahara Desert, and you still can't do the right things, I beg you, I beseech you, if there's anybody who doubts what I have to say, because a lot of people in this town, they live like in, they live in fantasy land. They live in Kendall or they live like I do in plantation, and that's that's basically where it's at. You know, they just stay within a relatively small radius of wherever they are, once in a great while, or drive down to Bayside or to whatever, and that's it. So they don't know what the hell I'm talking about. But take the trip, I beg you. And you can do it not, on the weekend if you like, but the best time to do it during the week, like on a Tuesday... On a Tuesday, as Bruce Williams would say, take the trip. Go down to South Beach to where that big, uh, they were bankrupt for a while. Now they're back in business. Maybe next week. Who knows what the story is with that? What is that, South Point Towers or something? And start right there and go north on Collins Avenue. And look at the Lucerne 
and the Atlantic Towers and the Versailles and just just scream. And that already is getting up into the 40s now. You know, when you start way down in the end, you have to go through all of South Beach. But go all the way up. And look at the Denny's where Wolfie's used to be on Lincoln Road Mall. And look at where the Wolfie's on 21st Street is now. And look inside and see the three derelicts sitting inside, the couple of drunks slumped over. And the waitresses pulling their, pulling off their aprons, running out and resigning in the middle of the afternoon. Screaming and yelling, bloody murder. And, dri and then drive up, of course, through the concrete canyon where it all looks very wonderful there for about, what, 10 blocks? 10, 15 blocks until the road turns again. And then you're in for a real treat. And you can go all the way on A1A, with the exception of Bal Harbor, which, of course, you know, most of us can't afford to live in Bal Harbor. We can't afford to shop there because you even have to pay to park to go shopping there. But with the exception of a couple isolated areas, you go all the way up there to... Galt Ocean Mile went bankrupt, right? How far do you go before you finally see... I guess to Boca, right? All the way to Boca. And when you get to North Miami Beach, that's where I'd like you to take special interest, where the castaways used to be. There's a big fence there now. A big wall. We keep building walls, you know? What was all of this crap about the Berlin Wall they were screaming about a couple of weeks ago? We got walls in Fort Lauderdale. We now have a wall in Hallandale to keep these senile people from going out and doing kamikaze routines in the middle of the street. We build a lot of walls because we're trying to hide the shame of what we've become. So don't give me that. If you don't like it here, why don't you leave? I like it. It's okay. The weather's great. I like Calder Racetrack. Got a good job. I've got some friends here. That's fine. I have a beautiful house. But boy, this area is so far short of what it ought to be. And the fact that our community leaders, in their infinite wisdom, would rather lie to the public and lie to themselves instead of saying, hey, boy, we got a long way to go. We ought to do something. That's that's answers the problem right there. That explains why we've come this far. And the other thing, and I'll just mention it briefly, I mentioned before about Delta. Now, I'm not going to be going on vacation again for another five months till about Christmas time. So I'm not, you know, Delta doesn't need me. And I probably wouldn't fly them anyway. I wouldn't fly Delta if they paid me to fly. In other words, if they paid me the airfare to go on their airline. And when you watch the representatives of Delta getting on the news the last few days and saying, uh, you know, shaking their heads, well, uh, human error, human error, there's no other answer for it. I don't know about you. I'm not that crazy about flying to begin with. I'm not all, it, it doesn't bother me as much as it used to, but I'm always a little edgy because I know that my life is in somebody else's hands. It's like letting somebody else drive. I don't like that. I like to drive myself. I'm not too comfortable being a passenger in somebody else's car because I like to have my own destiny in my hands. And the idea that somebody with an IQ of over three, there are people still getting on those Delta jets every day. What do they have to do? They have to have a couple of them collide head on before some. Even that wouldn't do it, would it? They'd still get on there.
Okay, let me give the numbers out because uh, invariably, you know, we get to that time when it's time to uh, take our lives into our hands, as I just said. Okay, 25 past 11. <laughs> Would that be good? Hey, we get if I could promote that, not on a weekend, though. If we could do that on a weekday show, what I was going to do is light my head with this uh, butane fuel that somebody sent with this beautiful lighter and then just, uh, you know, flip the lighter and see what happens. Okay, let's uh, go to your calls now. They're just lit up like a Hanukkah bush. And I can I told you at the beginning of the show today, don't expect much. Didn't I tell you that? So don't get your hopes up. Miami Beach, hello. I'm calling in to agree with everything you're saying and to tell you that I'm going to be the first one at the box to buy a copy of the uh, New York Times magazine tonight and see what my friends are reading about. Um, you know, one thing that, you're, that you've been saying that I really agree with and I want to emphasize is that uh, the one mistake that's being made is they're trying to recreate the past. Mm -hmm. If the past were so good, the present wouldn't wouldn't be like it is. Well, you know, it, it it doesn't really make any difference. I'm sure that there were things in the past that were great, but you can't recapture the past. One of the worst human exercises is living in the past, and I know a lot of people like that, and they fritter away their whole lives living in the past. And once the past is gone, and I've discovered this through... You know, the hard way. But once it's gone, man, it's gone. And, and, you know, you have to look to the present and the future, and you can't bring recapture some wonderful, nostalgic thing from the past. Well, there tends to be, there's a tendency down here towards superficiality and, and a fast buck. And I think that a lot of the hotels, not casinos, uh, and uh, resorts and restaurants and so on and so forth, and even a lot of the service industry down here that was developed during that heyday, was really uh, a bit of a flim-flam, and that's why you're left with this decaying uh, infrastructure down here. Uh, it, there's hardly anything left to build on. It's as if those of us who are, are, are looking ahead to the future have to really start all over again. Well, okay, but you say there's hardly anything left to build on. It's not that many years ago that we still had. It's it, You know, I've only been here 11 and a half years, and that, when I first came here, was still after the peak of the heyday. But when I came here, it wasn't so bad. And there was still plenty of activity in the beach, and spring break was at its peak, and and uh, the castaways in all those places were still there, and there was a lot of activity, and uh, Biscayne Boulevard wasn't as bad as it is now. I mean, you know, there were hookers and everything, but and, and basically what has happened is the same thing that happens in big urban cities. You see uh, this flight to the suburbs. The only problem is here that we've got all suburbs, and we have no core city. I talked about this a few weeks ago. There is no hub. They're just unrelated little bedroom towns. And this is where everybody's gone, and they keep fleeing and running farther and farther because of the blight that exists in, in Miami and Fort Lauderdale. Well, it's like, it's like any illness. The illness started quite some time ago, and what we're seeing now is the aftermath of devastation. Uh, I mean, I still think that the profit motive is a big factor. I mean, there's so much done down here is done for a quick buck, and it results in not looking for the long-term needs of the community. Yeah, well, there are a lot of bad business people here, let's put it that way. I mean, and I've said this ever since the first day I came here. The way that people do business in this area just astonishes me. I mean, I told a very quick story the other day about going into two guys' restaurant for lunch, and I'm standing there and standing there, and I'll be right with you, and she's buzzing away on the phone, and she and there's nobody in the place. She finally sits me down, and she throws, and I mean literally throws in a very nasty way the menu on the table and walks away with a P.O.'d look on her face. Now, that's really a great way to invite somebody to come back. I thought and, that was part of the attitude that was 
you know, it was that haughty, desirable attitude. Here, I'll be mean to you, so you'll love me and feel at home. Yeah, the S and M attitude, right? Oh, oh, I assume you're t you're talking about a, a restaurant that was once one of your uh, your sponsors not too long ago, weren't they? With a relatively famous uh, restaurant tour. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, a slip of the tongue. What can Rel I? Relatively infamous. Yeah. Hey. hey, listen, keep up the good work and and. Uh, Keep keep the oldies off the air, okay? We're doing our best. <laughs> okay, bye-bye. Okay. The oldies are with uh, old what's-his-name there over at Waxy. 29 past 11 at WINZ, an open line in date. 624-9400. North Miami, hello. Hello, Mr. Rogers. Yes, ma'am. Good morning. I only wanted to cue you in on the fact that for those people who cannot afford to buy the Sunday Times tomorrow, every public library in South Miami, South Dade, South Broward, and Palm Beach County carries the Sunday editions on Monday morning. Great. So they can see it for nothing. Good. Thank you, sir. Okay. Okay. Well, that'll be great, because here everybody wants something for nothing, so I'm sure a lot of takers on that. Coral Springs, hello. Neil, how are you? Okay. Good. Um, you were talking about uh, New York City about a couple minutes ago? Yeah. Did you say Cotrat or Crotchrat? Crotch. Oh, okay. All right, then. Thanks a lot. I like Ed Cotch. Okay. Yeah, I do, too. He's a terrific man. Okay. Okay, thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bess Meyerson used to like him, too, but, uh, you know, he's trying to distance himself at this point. 1130 at WINZ. We have an open line in Broward. 524-9400. North Miami Beach. Hello. Uh, Neil? Yes. Uh, just where do you think the people... Oh, boy. Calder are going to park when they have a bus. Oh, boy. When are you going to stop, okay? When are you going to stop? All the people from when, the... No, wait from... a minute. Wait a minute. Let's slow down. Okay. When are you going to stop? I'm telling you the truth. You when are you going to stop bellyaching, Sal? When are you going to stop? I'm telling you that the people from Calder... From the can, I, can I ask you a question? I get Calder. Do you like anything? Yeah, I like to go to the racetrack on Sunday without the Dolphins fans parking in the, in the parking space where I won't be able to park at Calder. All right, you don't like Joe Robbie. You don't like Don Shula. You don't like... Uh, I'm sure you don't like Marino. You just don't like the Dolphins. Isn't that the bottom line? I don't like the organization. I don't like the ripoff that they're doing to the public. With the prices and with the and with the here, here the man here the man takes the responsibility That's after it. after he's been jerked around by the city for how many years takes the responsibility of going out and financing his own stadium builds a state of the art magnificent stadium in a podunk town that doesn't even support his team and you're still bitching. I'm saying that the people from the ball game are going to be parking at the Calder racetrack for a lousy dollar. And the people that go to Calder, like I do every Saturday and Sunday, which I'm on my way right now, are go not going to be able to park at Calder Racetrack, and there's going to be some a lot of scuffles there, and I don't know what the Calder people can do about this situation that's going to happen. Well, park ballet for crying out loud like I do for a lousy two bucks. Come on, spring for a couple of bucks. Valet parking. They'll be parking at valet parking. What do they care? And they'll stay there at 4 o'clock. They'll come back and get their car from valet parking. Isn't that going to be a big scene out there? When they have a big race or something on a Saturday or Sunday, uh, where do you think that where do you think I'm going to park? Even valet, I won't be able to park because all the people from the ball game will be parking there and walking over to the stadium. And if you don't think that's going to be a problem, then you got another thing coming to you. You just think about it. You ask. All right, I got I got the solution to the problem. Okay. Yeah, you tell me. WIOD is the Dolphin Station. They're very, as you know, they have this incestuous relationship with Joe Robbie. Uh -huh. Okay. Yeah. All they got to do is take the jet copter on a weekend. They're not doing anything with it, and they can provide free transportation to and from the track. 1132, I mean, they spent a half a million dollars for it. They might as well do something constructive, you know, when Clarence is, uh, you know, back in the Everglades on the weekend.
We have an, I mean, that is Saul who just called. His name is Saul. He calls. He's called me for years. And, you know, the guy is just, I don't know what to make of him because there's something about him that just is so emblematic of all of South Florida. I mean, yeah, there are a lot of things that I'm upset about, and I spent an hour and 20 minutes telling you about them, but I don't dislike everything. I mean, if there's something positive that comes along that really legitimately is, is a plus, like the stadium, hey, great, all right, so there are going to be some parking problems. It's like the people who said, well, we don't want casino gambling. Where's everybody going to park? Isn't that terrible that we should have so many tourists that we have to worry about building new parking garages? Isn't that just the kind of problem that every tourist town would love to have? Because, no, we know that we have to have the Atlantic Towers and all those other empty, beautiful buildings, all those eyesores. We need those there on Collins Avenue, right? Do you realize if they tore down about 10 of those buildings, they could build enough parking spaces there for 20 casinos? Pompano, hello. Hi, Neil. I happen to agree with you. I was born and bred in Miami Beach. I live in New York now. I still have a place down here, and as you know, I'm down here right now. I happen to agree with you as far as Miami Beach is concerned right now. In fact, not too long ago, I had a conference at the Omni Hotel. The first word I was given on arrival at the Omni was, if you're going to go out, drive. Do not leave the hotel by yourself. Yeah, don't leave on foot. That's right. And when you're in the car, lock the doors. That's correct. Those were the first words upon my arrival at the Omni Hotel. Uh, that in itself speaks for the whole situation. As I say, I come from New York. I agree with you. What's happening in Miami is happening in all the big cities. I do a tremendous amount of traveling. Probably the only city that I find on the East Coast is done anything to any degree is beautiful downtown Boston, which is trying to bring itself back to life by tearing down and rebuilding. Other than that, no. Nothing. Garbage. I happen to agree with you. I think you come across very intellectually. I enjoy your program and you. And when I come down here, my radios are automatically set on your program and I look forward to it. Okay, I appreciate it. My pleasure, sir. Good hearing from you. Bye-bye. I mean, it's easy to say, well, we've become a big city, so therefore we automatically should expect all the urban problems that any big city um, experiences. And that's garbage. That's crap. It's been through the laxness of the powers that be in Dade, Broward, and in Palm Beach counties. I mean, if you could see West Palm Beach, I worked there 12 years ago, and I'm going to tell you that was one of the best years of my life. It was a great place. I mean, it wasn't New York, and it wasn't uh, Vegas with casinos and all kinds of excitement, but it was a nice place to live. And it was clean, and it had great restaurants, and a lot of activity, and a lot of people, and great beaches. That city looks like they had a war there, and the media failed to report it. That's what it looks like. I can't believe what that town looks like. What now? Kyle is up there getting the razor blade sharpening it. What now? Just more dummies? Stan comes on it, too. Don't you understand, folks? Okay, we have an open line in each county. In Dade, 624-9400. In Broward, 524-9400. And we'll come back right after this. Have you tried to get a good deal on a Cadillac lately? Well, take a look at some of these ads. Well, here's one dealer who says he's number one. Yeah, here's a... So and on and on and on and on. I mean, there's no discussion of, of uh, situations, of events. Of... 22 minutes before noon at WINZ, let's go to Plantation. Hello. 
Hello, Neil. Yes. Hi, Neil. It's Richie from Plantation. How are you? Okay. I just have to tell you something real funny. My wife and my child are out here. We're sitting in our backyard looking at how beautiful it is up here, right? And I'm leaving this afternoon at 3.30 to go up to the sewage of New York for business. And I'm also flying Delta Airlines. You're making me a nervous wreck out here. You know? I want to make you nervous, Richie. Neil. Yeah. I'm the, did you ever go to that restaurant I told you to go to P. August? Have I been there? No, I haven't been there yet. Oh, yet? No. All right. I was the guy that told you to go up there. Anyway, um, you want to hear a funny story? Go ahead. All right. I'm standing out here waiting for you know to talk to you for like 20 minutes, and I've, I happen to take a walk from the chair, and I'm standing by the pool, and the sun just broke through the clouds, so I put my face up to the sun. And all of a sudden, my legs went out from under me. I fell in the water. As I'm, my son's hysterical. I'm standing here on a portable phone waiting to talk to you, and I ended up falling in the pool. That could be an omen, Richie. What do you mean? Delta's ready when you are. You mean a, an omen of things not to come? Well, listen, you always wanted to visit Newark anyway, right? <laughs> anyway, so what, what do you think the solution is to South Florida? I don't have any more solutions. No? Well, you know, we already had the chance. We had a chance, you know, with a snap of the finger to turn this town around, you know. And I, I don't want to mention those dreaded words because it's a dead issue. That's right. But uh, we already had the chance, and in our infinite wisdom, we said, no way, Jose. We but said, the crazy no. thing is there's really one unbelievably positive thing that this area has, and that, that being the Miami Dolphins. You know, they've been, you know, since 1972, they've been a pretty good asset to the community. No question about it, and everybody wants to bitch about right. them, and they don't support them. And, right, and now everybody's upset because they don't have the exact seats that they had in the, in the biggest sewage pit yeah. in the country as far as the stadium is concerned. Yeah. So well, now they can go to a nice stadium and go like a, like a mensch, mm -hmm. and they're all upset. You notice, like Saul, who called a couple of calls back, ah, you know, he's degenerate. having a nervous breakdown about the parking already, and there are people having nervous breakdowns about their season tickets. Everybody already is looking for all the negatives. That's right. And Why is that? Because we got a lot of negative people here. You know, like I say, something positive comes along, and, oh, no, we don't want gambling here, and a mob's going to come in, and it's, where will we put all the parking, and the traffic will be bad. We've got eight million reasons why we don't like the good things, but right. the, Neil, but the stupid the things we love. What's that? Great rule. You know the new Ramada Inn up here in Plantation Sunrise, right near where we live? Yeah. You live in Plantation, right? Yes. I, I don't know if they told you, but they are installing slot machines in that hotel. Well, they're wiring it for gambling. Let's right. They're not installing slot machines. They're they wiring it. Can you imagine all the people coming out of the, the bagel host up there on university, all those old people <laughs> going over to the casino at the Ramada Inn? <laughs> <laughs> They'd be shaking and baking right to the tables. Absolutely. Hold well, on listen. for a second. My wife has to say hello to you. Okay. Hold on. Her name's Carol. I'm converting her to AM. Good. Hold on. First of all, no, he's not converting me to AM, but I have to ask you something. Yes, Carol. Okay. I don't understand something. Why is it? <laughs> yeah, I'm expecting you to answer this now. Why are all these people listening to you? Why are all these people so turned on to you? What is your explanation for everybody I know wanting to hear you and your view on things? And, and I mean, it's like, first of all, they're looking to a sh I don't want to say the word. McGeggy, like Oliver North, is a hero, which is the most ridiculous thing in the world. Right. And they listen to people like you. You have your viewpoint, which is fine, but you're turning into, it's like a cult, a Neil Rogers cult. Can you explain this to me? Yes. 
You can't? Because 10% of the public wants the truth. The, the other 10% wants the truth. The other 90%, the ones who loved Oliver North, like to be lied to. Yes. So 10% of them listen to me, and 90% of them love Colonel North. What can I tell you? <laughs> well, why do those 90% want to listen to you? What do you think you have to say that's so unbelievably different than the other normal people in the plantation or South Florida? Adios. What? Hasta luego. Have a nice day, Carol. Thank you. Seventeen till noon at WINZ. Boy, she was just uh, wrapped up into a frenzy. I bet you she bought Richie the ticket on Delta. I bet you anything. Don't go, Richie. Don't do it. I'm telling you. I don't want to scare you. But when they land at Newark, of course, a lot of the flights to New York do go to Newark. So if your flight is going to Newark, you'll probably land at Kennedy. Okay, where are we going? Let's go to uh, Kendall. Hello. Hello, Neil. Yes, sir. Hey, first-time caller. Great. Uh, you're definitely, you do tell it like it is. You bet. Even when it hurts. <laughs> Even when it hurts. Which is most of the time. I don't know. I don't understand what these people are bitching about. I read that thing in the Herald today. Yeah. Harrison between the 81 article and this article. Yeah. I think the time did. Mm-hmm. Comes out, you know, I mean, they say we've gotten better. We're just a young city. Yeah, just wait another 20 years. Then exactly. wait. Then wait till you see the crime we've got, man, and it's really going to be good. So we have casino gambling again, right? And then we could get it voted out again. Yeah. Right? Hey, you should tell your buddy Saul, right? You should tell him to take the issue up with Mr. Robbie. <laughs> they call him, when you work at IOD, they call him Mr. That's right. Hey, did you hear the other day on Sports Talk, they were talking about... Except for, except for Rick Weaver, who calls him God. God. They were talking about <laughs> Rick Weaver. They called in and asked him about changing the helmet in the NFL. Yeah. Right? And he goes... I don't think there's much to it. I don't like it, and Mr. Robbie doesn't like Ooh, it. Ooh, well, that says it all. Happen. Yeah, <laughs> that says it all. Still, the man's definitely a shill. They have a lot of credibility, don't they? A lot, a lot. That, that, you... cop, that guy Clarence is great. Yeah, Clarence is good. <laughs> Clarence is... Actually, Clarence is uh, Bill McQuaig. Bill uh, had nothing <laughs> to do in the afternoon, so they put him up in the copter. In drag. Okay, well, listen, have a wonderful life down there in Kendall. We'll hey, see you... Neil. We'll see you at the Town & Country Mall. Yes. Right. What? A great restaurant for you. Okay. 276. 276 Alhambra. The name of it is 276. Really? In the Gables? Yes, in the Gables. French contemporary food. Very excellent. Really classy. You know what they say in the Gables, don't you? What? Adios. <laughs> All right, Neil. See you later. Bye. This great international city, this flavor. Man, where else can you get this flavor? We've got Jamaican gangs. We've got Haitian gangs. We've got Cuban gangs. We've got every kind of criminal that's ever been invented. We have Contras. We've got banks. I mean, this is the center of mystery and intrigue. You notice how much of the whole Iran-Contra hearing centered around this area. This is like the focal point. This is the stopping-off point for drugs and contraband of all kinds. I mean, you name it, we got it. It's incredible. But we're in international cities. See, the people in this town, the morons, and they really are, the, the people in the Chamber of Commerce and the politicians. I mean, when you look up the word moron in the dictionary, you'll probably see a picture of one of those people. Like Seth Gordon. He's another one of those real geniuses. 
with the Chamber of Commerce. Remember when the Chamber of Commerce uh, took a little informal vote and the uh, majority of the membership wanted to endorse casino gambling? And the board of the Greater Miami Chamber said, oh, no, no way, Jose. Hasta luego. Right. Because after all, that's uh, not the kind of community we want to live in. We don't want business. We want to be a little seasonal town. So if you don't make it between Thanksgiving and Easter, tough luck. You know what I'm saying? You have to wait till Sukkot at least. Boy, that trip to the Galleria, really, that was like the last nail in the coffin for me. I mean, that was, if I needed it, that was the real reinforcement to me. Speaking of death, hey, the Mets are only nine out. What are you worried about? They're, they're playing okay. Look who just, look what the cat dragged in. Watch every line on the board go out. No, that's okay. I'm not going to talk. What, a, what do you mean you're not going to talk? I just came here to uh, look for some information on my guest, and naturally it's not here. What do you mean it's not there? It says right on the board, Philip Worth. Yeah, but it's supposed to be uh, Federal Express down here, and there's nothing. The press copy, the press guide. The you literature. You don't need any information. You don't need literature. You just wing it. An old pro like you... You've been faking your way through for 12, 13 years now. So I understand. Listening on Monday. Yeah, I heard that. That uh, Look at that Hawaiian shirt. He's boring starting to guests. wear shirts like I do. Well, I was going to wear my Met hat, but I figured I'd look too childish if I walked in with that. Oh, now see, the sensitivity is starting again. When are you, How when long are you have I been in this go? business and I'm still sensitive? When are you going to let that go? I have to have a brain transplant. Okay, a week from Monday, we're going to have the uh, poll. We're going to bring in Fowler. And we're going to take a poll and find out who's the most sensitive broadcaster, employed or unemployed. I mean, Calder will be in there. He'll be on the list. <laughs> Bill is so sensitive. And I can't understand why, because he's gotten screwed so many times in the business. By now, you'd think he'd be getting used to it, but he's very sensitive. And you're right up there. Oh, and the day that Lasseter called in depressed me, boy, you were on the phone within seconds, within a matter of moments. I got news for you. It's the good old boy network from Pinellas Park. He called me about... Three hours later, trying to explain to me why he sounded so depressed, and I said, "You're going to have to change." I said, "You're going to have to change your act, Bob." And he gave me expletives, deleted, Are you and undeleted. And then he called me at home that afternoon. Did he really? Yeah, at three forty. I I don't know why I remember the time. It's like <laughs> certain things in your life, you know, like when Elvis died or whatever. You remember the time and where you were. Three forty that afternoon, the phone rings. I'm sitting there watching the hearings. I'm minding my own business, and. Here it is. And you'll never believe what he said to me. He said, I'm so depressed. Unbelievable. <sighs> and by the time I finished the conversation, I went in and I drank some boric acid and I felt better. <laughs> it was great. Boy, is he a depressing guy. I tell you, I don't understand him. And the thing is, it's almost like he wants to spread the wealth, so to speak. You heard yeah. of typhoid Mary? Exactly. This is depression. Misery loves company. Depression Haven't I always Bobby. told you that? Absolutely. Misery loves company. That's why there's so many So you came in as a nice guy on a weekend, on a day off, to let me go to Calder at noon. Uh-oh. It's a good card today. No, I have to go to the movies today. I came in to see if this literature had arrived, uh, talking about Second Harvest, which is help for the homeless. Uh, back on that shtick again. I don't know why... You never give up. I you? never give up. You never know when, you know, to throw in the towel. Well, but look what I'm following. I mean, following. it's a very good topic. They're going to be talking about Africa on the Ira Everett show. Is Ira ever going to have a white guest on that show or what? Seriously. And the Haitian task force is going to be marching on this station also. I have oh, to that follow that. Oh, that ought to be good. Boy, Stan ought to be monitoring that show tomorrow morning. He'll have to get up early. By the way, you talked about board ops getting jobs in this business. <laughs> i got to fill in, i got to tell you something. Uh, our good friend over at uh, the CAT... Our good friend Howard Prima started his career as a weekend board op. Howard called me the other day. Did he really? For some advice. 
I'm you, serious. What'd you he tell him? For, I said it wouldn't be ethical. I said it just, I can't do it, Howard. He wants to go back to talk? I don't know what he wants. No, he doesn't want Let's that kind a of rumor. advice. He wants advice. But Howard was a board op. He was my and I should have said, get out of the business, Howard. That would have been my best advice. I mean, Howard is... Um, he was, as, as, you know, I remember those days, and I remember that uh, he took over as an assistant news director for, uh, uh, you know... But he does witchcraft. See, does that's he how really? he got to own I the station. You he see, abracadabra. The amazing was, Randy. Uh, yeah. mm -hmm. The amazing Howard. So what's doing? What's doing? What's... <laughs> I've been listening to too much Bruce Williams. Listen, I have you. something here. That By the I... way, there was a caller amazing on Neil here. Meyer's show who, who had a great point, Who's had a great on? line. On TalkNet. Oh, I'm sorry. Don't say that. I mean, you're desperate to save that one shift you got left. Just relax. Anyway, made a good point. You know that it's illegal because now they're trying to ban smoking on cigar on um, airline, airline flights right. of two uh, two hours or less. Which I think they should. Okay, I'll light up and I'll start smoking two Dutch Masters at once. Give me one, will you please? But anyway, he made a very good point. It's illegal to smoke cigar cigarettes or pipes. In federal buildings, right? And Absolutely, it's, right. it's federal law. And Poindexter was there all week long. That's right. He's been breaking the law, but of course that's nothing new to him. But it's true; he's been sitting there puffing can away I, all week long. Can you I have one of those? Oh, yeah, you please, can have absolutely. as many of these as you like. I didn't know you smoked. Oh well, listen, there's well, a lot of pressure in this business. Kyle has a uh, has a smoke buster up there, a noisemaker in the um, control room, and look at this beautiful butane lighter that one of them. Uh, my listeners sent me. Isn't that great? Terrific. Okay, so now we got Spindel smoking cigars. Proving again that he's a clone, you know. If I were in here... Uh... <laughs> Don't do it. I'll play you holding to, out for a hero. I thought you went to uh, San Diego to get decloned. If I were sitting in here smoking a joint, he would be lighting up, you know. But we don't do that because, first of all, I don't smoke it. And secondly, it's illegal. And we at WINZ do not break the law. I have this cassette. Although it has been said some of the people here couldn't get arrested. Back to the future. And what I did is I pulled that part for the laugh of the father. And I'm going to try to put it onto cart to see if it matches you-know-who's laugh. So maybe in the next hour I'll have this thing carted up if I could figure out how to do it. I'm very technologically ignorant, which is probably why I'm a talk show host rather than a board op. I understand board ops have a big uh, big career in this business. What are you looking for? The laugh, the I'm cackle? Looking, I can't find anything in this rack. The cackle came in. You've got another rack here, too. We have a rack for Stan now. Oh, I thought that was for Ira Everett and all of his That's the one that's got all the pictures of the little girls on it. That's Stan's rack. Okay, 7 before noon at WINZ. If you're on hold, just to hang in here with us. You're not going to go anywhere or do anything anyway, but, uh, you know, we have to humor Mike. Oh, He's become very insecure since there have been a lot of changes in the market. He starts calling all of these celebrities at the various stations. Uh, you know, that Sunday show means a lot to him. It means little to the audience because they don't like talking to him, and they just basically uh, don't like him. But he keeps coming back Why week after week. Why do you say that? Week. People love me. No, they don't. They always they tell don't. me that on the phone. I love they your show. They don't love you. They can't stand you. They think you're a nerd, but they do listen in. I mean, I don't know why, but they listen because they get some kind of perverse pleasure from it. Well, they you know. love when it gets to be about 10 after 11 and you start screaming, No, nah, well, nobody wants to talk about this. Okay, you people. All right. No more That's serious stuff. the only subject. time There's I've ever no seen room. Kyle laugh up there. <laughs> because he knows it's true. But it's not true. And he also takes a perverse enjoyment in that because uh, he loves to hear you I... die. Do a good job. hear you job. hang out there. I didn't say you didn't do a good I job, but do they don't a great like you. Job. But they don't like you. Would you admit it? 
Just well, for once in your life, be honest. They don't, don't like you. I think that they... Uh, they don't like me, speaking, they don't and like look me. how well I'm doing. They hate my guts, so and I'm doing great. i got to start doing a lot... Uh, I've tried to tell worse. Calder that for years. Being loved is not where it's at in this business. That's not where it's at. No? No. Well, I don't Being care despised they love or hate at. me, but the point is they oh, listen. Yeah, right. That's the whole reason that what's-his-name is not working six days a week. He's afraid I might beat him again on Sunday. Who's that? What's-his-name? Oh, is he back on the air? Okay, six minutes till noon at WINZ. We're going to come right back. Have you ever heard a grown man cry? You know, so the Mets lost the game. It's only a ball game. I mean, you know, it could be worse. could be the Miami um, Tropics. The Tropics. Did you ever hear of the Tropics? Absolutely. Okay, now. They play against wait a minute. If you're in the USBL. If you're in the listening audience, you're part of history, ladies and gentlemen. We have two people in the same building, Kyle and Mike Spindell, who had both heard of the Miami Tropics prior to yeah. today. That's, uh, you know, they have, it's the United States Basketball League, and uh, they play such great areas. They play Long Island, the, the Long Islanders. And uh, what are the, uh, well, some of the other teams? how can they miss yeah. if they play Long Island? That's it. And uh, they also play Orlando. It's a, it's a good brand of basketball. A lot of those guys are getting ready to go to the pros. Michael Ray Richardson. Princesses don't like basketball. Princesses don't like basketball. I got to stop thinking about that one for a second. But anyway, the guy's getting all upset because I told him Davey Johnson is a choke manager. And the fact that they had the best team in the league, and the best team in baseball last year, and they still almost blew it, as it turned out. I mean, they were lucky to win. What about the previous two years? What about that he has the best managing record? One because he's record? inherited a lot of great talent, but when push comes to shove, man, any given game, who is he the, can lose it. Who is the best manager that you have ever seen in the years that you've been Danny Murtaugh. Baseball? Okay. Have you ever questioned the decision that Murtaugh has ever made? Of course. Okay. But I didn't sit back and watch him day in and day out. You're only upset because he pulled tail Murphy, that's all. Exactly. That's true. A lot of people would like to pull down Murphy, but that's a whole program in itself. Did you hear what he just said? What a disgusting, what a grotesque, even if it's true. Okay, uh, Jim Loney's back with some of those exciting headlines, world news from... Four. You're alive. <laughs> Boy, that's frightening, man. I live in Inveray. I'm barely alive, really, when I go to Publix and oh. stuff. want to welcome you back. Um, when you went to New York, did you get a chance to listen to Howard Stern or drop in or anything? Oh, I didn't go to New York City. I went to Upstate. You can't pick it up way up there. You can't pick it up there? No, it's 500 miles away. Okay, well, what I did is I, I visited up there about a year ago, and I was, because uh, I visit Putnam Valley. I'm from Mount Vernon. And um, coming back, I listened to his show. I was coming on a flight, and you can hear him in Philadelphia also. Yeah. And, um... He was doing some really nasty stuff about asking this woman about what she wears to bed. And, but I was just wondering if you thought he'd go or anything when you were up there. Every night. <laughs> I can't see. Turn you, around. I can't. I can't. All right, here. If you want right. me, I'm on the floor. I don't care. Close your eyes, Jackie, because I know you'll pee. Go look. Okay, we had to have a little Howard there just uh, for nostalgia's sake. It felt good. It felt good. Um, I, well, to I don't want to get into thing. that. Um, I, I got into the Calder. Okay, racetrack a lot, and um, you gave me a, a tip a long time ago. Okay, it's not say tip, it's the information. It's, no, it wasn't information. That's the worst word you could use was information. I don't get information. Okay, okay, what you gave out to the public, there was Leo Castelli. Boy, did he kill me. <laughs> I did everything I could to put it all on down him, and it killed me. It came well, in. that's that Jose Santos, you know. He's got a bad sense of humor. What do you think of this horse coming up? I don't know if you want to talk about horse racing, but I need to ask you another question. What do you think of Yaguda? The horse Yaguda. What do I think about him? He, a couple of times I looked at him. He came in last, and then he's been moving up, and now he came in third the other day. You think he's coming up or something? It's, it's somebody from work. They keep on mentioning him, and it's well, like I had him, me off. I, don't know I had the, uh, in fact, he won the second race one day. He won the double for me with Velez. Uh, I think that was his first start at 
Calder. Oh. Um, or maybe it was no, it was at Calder. But I haven't seen him run since then, so I'm not I'm not touting anymore. Okay. Um, on another thing, on that on the pick six, I never knew how to bet that. How do you bet that? I, I, I don't know if it's uh, I know it's from the third race to the eighth race. What, what do you mean? How do you, like what, the... what do you mean? How do you bet it? Yeah. How do you bet? I, I don't. I'm, see, I don't, I, when I go to the races, I just don't bet. I'm not a gambler that much. I well, got a that's girlfriend a... that goes nuts, though. And she was interested in the pick six, and I couldn't answer the question. Okay. You... Okay, well, let me answer the question for you. When you go into track, on the walls, you will see little uh, containers that have got cards in them for the pick six. Okay. Okay? Okay. They're all over on every floor. And you take those cards, however many you want, and uh, you have to pick a winner. and each, You mark a winner in each race from the third through the eighth. Okay. Okay. Oh, okay. Now, no, you know, and it's and it's two bucks a ticket. Okay, that's that's what that's what she wanted to know to make it easy for her because she thinks that she can do it, but it's pretty hard to do picking all six and stuff. Yeah, it, you know, I have a uh, tough time with a pick one. Pick, <laughs> are you going tomorrow? Could be. I'll see. Okay, because uh, what do you stay? Because last time I heard, I was there the day you and uh, Bill Calder were running for the Jockey Club. You mentioned that day on the radio. You oh yeah, the day we're running in the jockeys room. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I I just haven't seen you yet. Been there. After that, and I just trying to get the. I, I agree with you this morning also on Miami. I, I I can't believe that's going. I used to live in Perrine in '63, and it has totally changed. I moved up here, and um, it's moving up this way now. That I got to move on to Boca, and where the hell are we going to go from there after we leave Boca? Jacksonville. <laughs> no, I would never go there. It's too dead. Yeah. <laughs> I would get out of state. Okay, I'll see you at Calder. All right, definitely. Take care. You too. Bye bye. Okay, now, Spindell just came in and has handed me a cart. We have an open line in each county, by the way. The uh, callers obviously are going to fall off at this point. In Dade County, 624-9400. In Broward, 524-9400. Everybody and his brother has got the uh, Glen Hill cackle, has got another version of it, okay? And here is the new one. I'm not even going to audition at first. I'm going to uh, take my life into my hands and trust Spindell. <laughs> Not bad, huh? Not too bad. Okay, 1213 at WINZ. Don't forget, one of the uh, days this week, I'm not sure which day, we're going to have the great winds cackle off, and we're going to take all of the carts. In fact, maybe we ought to invite the uh, listeners in the audience to do their own Glen Hill cackle and put it on a cassette. And uh, we'll find some great prize to give away, you know, like Stan Major or something. Okay, we have an open line in Broward, 524-9400. We'll go to Hollywood. Hello. Hello. Hi. Good. I'm glad to be able to speak with you, Neil. Um, I want to tell you, I had out-of-state guests, and the TV was on while we were chit-chatting, and the... Um, uh, how shall I say it, a sort of a disclaimer or something, came on regarding that there would normally be an advertisement. However, the corporation cannot advertise in Florida because of this new tax. And we went into quite a discussion. Have you seen those yeah. intermittently? Yeah. Isn't that embarrassing? Well, that's typical of the whole state. That's yeah. the way we do everything. We love to drive people out. You know, first we heard that, you know, Florida was going to become second only to California in the movie industry. Mm -hmm. And we were, you know, making some inroads. And not right away the governor puts his tax on and it affects all of the services in just about every aspect of the industry. Okay. And, uh, you know, we're going to drive most of those people out. Well, here in Hollywood, one of the major employers we have is the Diplomat Hotel because it hires so many and brought so many conventions in. 
and uh, we had um, political figures and so forth. Ancient history. I know, exactly, and the cancellations are really cruel. We need these jobs. We need these visitors. Then, earlier you spoke about uh, coming up the beach in um, Miami from 24th right on up past um, uh, the Century Towers and all those, and then back into the um, uh, poor rundown areas. And then the beautiful site is Bell Harbor. Okay, Bell Harbor is a glorified, gorgeous retirement village. These people have worked and paid their dues, and they're retired. And they are not an active part politically. They will not solve problems. They're older people. Yeah. Now, having said that, I was so happy to hear some of the young people who have called you. Of course, you had one uh, young woman who was rather inane. But you've had some good comments. And if you should be able to have a program sometime with the young productive people, perhaps 25 to 55 years of age, where possibly you could ask, what is it in their work area that they could, um, you know, wish to have? And as far as their recreation time, what would they like to have? I, you know, new ideas come from the young. They, yeah, but, wait, but wait a minute. Wait a minute. I understand what you're saying, but when, when the area is doing its damnedest to drive all the young people out of here, what difference does it make? Well, I mean, I'm I mean speaking... no, no, let me give you two examples. It's right. not only the spring break in Fort Lauderdale, yeah. but here Barry Schreiber, who I think is probably the number one jackass in Dade County, uh, Barry Schreiber is trying to, you know, undo the Fair Housing Ordinance in Dade County, which has been in effect for seven years or something like that now. What he wants to do is make exemptions so that we can discriminate and we can take in Dade and do just what they do in Broward and have all of these adult retirement communities and, you know, turn it into another outdoor funeral parlor. We do everything in our power to discourage young people from staying here and everything in our power to, in, you know, invite new dying people to come in here and turn it into a nursing home. I understand. I agree. However, I'm hoping that there will be uh, some young blood that will be politically motivated because um, we need a major issue that will be cohesive and bring them together with power and force. Well, don't hold your breath. Active, right? Don't hold your breath. Okay, now, um, uh, very quickly, moving right along, the last good bit of publicity that I saw for this community, would you believe, was approximately two years ago at Christmas time when they had the yacht parade on the intercoastal in Fort Lauderdale, and they taped it. And a week later, it was shown on national television, and it was so beautiful with the colored lights and these gorgeous yachts. People were in awe of it, and they say, gee, we must go down to Fort Lauderdale and see some of these things, and they feel they'd like to be part of it. And that's such a small item. We're doing things on the local level in a local way about uh, sports. But if you were to say... What is it the people go to New Orleans for? They go for the Mardi Gras, and they go down to Bourbon Street. I know you spent some time there. Uh, what do they go to Chicago for? Uh, what do they go? You know, we have to have one powerful major theme to it's bring not, people. It's not going to happen, don't you understand? Because the people, the powers that be in this community can't get together on what underwear they're going to wear that day, much less on some kind of theme for the whole community. It just isn't going to happen. It's like the sports authority and all the other attempts for Dade and Broward to get together. Uh, there is no cooperation here. It doesn't happen. And I appreciate your positive attitude and your enthusiasm and your uh, blue sky that you convinced yourself of, but it just isn't going to happen. 
And that's why casino gambling, while it wouldn't have been a panacea, would certainly, my God, all the jobs it would have created for young people and all the tourists it would have brought in here and all the activity and all the building and the renovation, just the jobs in the construction would have been incredible. All the people it would have put to work. And I realize, you know, I, I people think I'm obsessed with it. And the reason I was obsessed with it is because it made so much sense. You'd have to be a fool not to see. It would be like, you know, people in Orlando saying to Walt Disney, no, we don't want you here like the people in Dade County did a few years before. We don't want you here. You want too good of a deal. We don't want to give you all of that. Absolutely. And uh, it's We have sad. to take a break. We have to take a break? But Mike Spindell is back. I, I had okay. to do that to him. I couldn't. No, I we do. It. It's 1219, right? Didn't I write 19 on my log? Absolutely. No, I don't want to go to a restaurant and get a stale knish. I'm responsible for that, too. Everything bad that you have in your life to complain about, I'm responsible for. I Just hear it that. all the time. Uh, you know, yeah. I once did a big, sh uh, I once did a shtick on the fact that I am not responsible for what goes on in the station, but people who know that I work here and speak to me during the week, they all have a complaint. Why is this one gone? Why yeah. is that one gone? I heard somebody the other day wanted to know why Larry Kent was gone. I got news for you. Well, we could he couldn't fit in the building anymore. <laughs> no, it's true. We couldn't get him in the door. But, uh, no, seriously, uh, people who listen to this radio station ought to be, they ought to kiss the ground that we are as stable as we are, as they say on the backstretch at Calder. We're as stable, I mean, yeah, we've had changes, but gradual changes. But like these other stations, man, you got to keep, you really have to keep a scorecard. And I guess it's appropriate with IOD because they are the sports station. Yeah, they're So calling. it's appropriate the audience ought to have a scorecard and keep erasing names and penciling in new ones. What do they call them? The Mount St. Helens of radio? Exactly. There's always an eruption there. That clock is ticking again, <laughs> I heard. Must have fixed it. No, Stan fixed it and it was two minutes slow. Stan has. He has gotten his finger into everything in this building. So if to you, speak. Well, there's, <laughs> yeah. yeah, boy, what a great line that is. Huh? <laughs> everything except what he wanted to. But uh, no, he's really uh, had an influence on this talk studio. There's no question about that. Certainly is. I mean, we have the. Did uh, you hear that last lady who was? Um, I mean, her intentions were good, but boy, is she living in a dream world yeah. or what? The best thing was the regatta, and uh, it was the. Yeah. That's a little bit of a sued aspect of it, but but the thing that's bizarre is people are blaming the messenger. See, I like for the message. They're I like doing it again. The lights on the metro rail. You know, there's about three yards on the downtown, three yards where there are fluorescent lights with the different colors. And you notice that when they take photographs, like the Chamber of Commerce, all these promotional things, they photograph not the grungy part of the Metro Rail with all the graffiti and with those weeds growing up or whatever they have on the side of the pillars and, you know, the, and the little trains with nobody on them. They always photograph the neon lights that are about right. three yards long. In fact, the Miami High Life spot, which has been got to be three, four years now that that spot's been running, isn't it? Mm -hmm. At least. The one with the beautiful girls and the, the, the uh, salsa beat to the uh, yeah. musical bit. Sure. This is the new Miami. And That's I wonder right. what Miami they're looking at, man, because it looks pretty interesting, pretty exciting. Downtown is that Miami, Miami Ohio? Ohio? Absolutely. Must be. You know, I have to say one thing. When Stan comes in here, there was an article in today's paper saying that the ratings for Miami Vice have gone up considerably locally. They're not and they're showing vintage Vice for the, from two years ago. Where did he read that? I just read that Miami Vice last week wasn't in the top 25 in this market. All right, but in today's local newspaper, the uh, Fish Wrapper... Well, don't believe anything they put in. They, they Absolutely, and they're going back to what they call the vintage episodes, the older episodes for the first and second season, which Stan was... Uh, just why can't the people in about. New York have a good paper like the Herald, you know? Why have they got to put up with a communist rag like the New York Times? Yeah, blame all the that propaganda. Time. 
Well, you know that you, the whole reason is because New York is not a beautiful place. It's filthy. It's dirty. It's got Puerto Ricans there. That's what I heard on the air yesterday. Uh, the fact that that's and they are picking on Miami because they have problems in New York. Not understanding heard, the fact I that it's a, a national newspaper. I heard it. Yeah, the New York Times, of course, the national edition uh, goes all over the country. And as I said yesterday, we're still getting response for so far from the ad we put in the New York Times two months ago. The Times far outdistance any other publication that we put an ad in. It's just like the rap job that the L.A. Times did on the Miami Herald when they exposed it for what it is, a bunch of panderas. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, they don't like the message, and then they start saying, and all the folks get, uh, they don't like people bashing Miami, and they were saying that you're one of the major uh, perpetrators to that, saying terrible things about it. No, it's just exposing the problem, and these people who are being quoted in the paper don't realize that the problem still exists in a perception. It's very easy for greedy people to sit back and fill their pockets and to be oblivious to all the things that are going on around them. And I said in, in, in the opening hour today, it doesn't make a big difference to me if we have casino gambling or if the hotels go out of business or they all become condos. Or Other than the fact that I would like to live, and I think you probably would in a community, where that, that's happening where there's a lot of activity and where we have you know all the big league sports and the theater and all kinds of things to do and uh, living and breathing place. What they talk about? Paranoid anti-communism? Coming two days after the Herald ran a story about Carollo, who wants to support an amendment. No communists uh, can come down to South Florida. Oh, I guess maybe the good communists, the one that Ali is talking to, the <laughs> Polish, and, of course, the Chinese who are selling all kinds of industry. Yeah. To. But we can have Nazis come down. Well, that's true. That's true. And, of course, he'll be here I heard in that September. when the Pope comes, he's bringing Kurt Waldheim. I heard they're going on tour together. <laughs> the Pope tour. I could just see yeah. him with the... Marlon's going to do the jacket for You know that Dan Slade just came back from Europe, and he said that he was in St. Peter's Square, and they were selling... This is the truth. They were selling popsicles. Unbelievable. Yeah, the popsicles on a stick with a picture of the Pope's face. And do you suck on it? In St. Peter's Square. <clears throat> you suck on the uh, popsicle, exactly. Unbelievable. Well, listen, I have There's to depart. Very, um... I'm going to check the front desk to see if my literature... Otherwise, I'm going to do a poll tomorrow on the positive negative. Positive negative. Positive negative. Exactly. We'll, we'll get okay, that I'm one out. I'm calling Lasseter as soon as I get off the air and tell him you're ripping him off again. Well, call him first before he calls no, you. No, I don't, I don't want to get depressed. Have a good day. Take have a care. great life. Mets are bounced back, believe me. By this time in two weeks, there'll be only eight games out. You watch. Okay, there he goes, Mr. Mets. He's a little bit depressed, but uh, if you've been watching the Mets lately, you can understand it. Kendall, hello. Hello. Yes, sir. Just wanted to comment on what you were talking about a year ago. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's, I had a show two years ago that was incredible, and I'm going to take some calls on that in the next hour. Wonderful. Listen, when I left Miami the first time, the thing to do was to go down to Collins Avenue and to walk four and five deep and sometimes have to step out onto the street for the numbers of people around the castaways. Yeah, just like it is now, sure. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you have to climb over the fence first now. Right. The wall. The wall, exactly. You know, it's a real paradox, this city. Have you, can you just think about what a paradox this city Think of all the people who came here by train and car and plane, boats and tree. Yeah. When I came back from overseas, I couldn't wait because I had to observe the customs and speak the languages overseas of the many countries I was in to cut back to America, to get down and kiss the ground, and to get back to my native home, my you Miami. Know, you know, there's a very significant point that a lot of people miss when it comes to immigration and it comes to this melting pot concept, and that is that it has to happen simultaneously. And in the early part of the century, we had this big, as you know, you had this big flood of immigration, and we had all of these people, you know, going to work in the sweatshops and, you know, doing their thing. And, it, and over a period of generations, those people become Americanized, and the culture evolves. But when it happens at a different time, 
then it, you know, it disrupts the whole evolution of the culture. Do you follow what I'm saying? I'm not saying it very well. But the point is that when all of a sudden you have this tremendous waves of immigration after we've developed a certain culture and society, and now all of a sudden we have all of this conflict of ethnicity and culture, like all these people, you know, who want to go out and do Santeria and Hialeah and so on, then what you've got is just, it's insanity. And that's what we've got in South Florida. This is a perfect example of it. The director of the INS just woke up the day before yesterday and realized that Florida didn't have all these farms for all these people who are registered as farm workers from other countries. Yeah. And listen, Neil, you've missed the whole point of the Channel 10 uh, logo song. This is the new Miami. You have to listen to the uh, accent. <laughs> it is the new Miami. It's Adios. not uh, the United States, but it's a new Miami. Hasta luego. Right. Hasta luego. <laughs> okay, have a wonderful life, sir. <laughs> See you in Calcutta. 1231 at WINZ. We have an open line in Dade. 624-9400, North Miami Beach. Hello. Hello, sir. How you doing? I'm doing pretty well, thank you. I have a, a legitimate gripe I wish I could uh, uh, talk about it sometimes. I happen to be a handicapped person, and I'm able to drive a car. I cannot walk too well. Matter of fact, uh, hardly. I use two canes. The thing that gripes me is when I see people who have the authorized tag for uh, handicapped pe people and are permitted to park in a handicapped space. And I watch them get out of the car, walk away, they come back, nothing was wrong with them, and they have a, a tag. My gripe is this to the so in other words, the prerequisite ought to be that they're either in a wheelchair or they have to crawl on their hands and knees, right? Okay, good call. 28 before 1 at WINZ. We have an open line in Dade, 624-9400. And uh, let's go to a pay, a pay phone in the Galleria. Hello. <laughs> Douchebag. Very good. That was excellent. Very good. I, I can't believe Glenn called in on his day off. Uh, plantation, hello. It was worth 25 cents. Exactly. Well, he's at the Galleria. It affects your mind, you know, when you stand around alone for that long. Yeah. Hey, didn't you know the Miami tropics are part of the new Miami? That's probably true. Big secret. Hey, I was wondering if you ever got my postcard from Chicago, from Wrigley Field. Yes. Oh, okay. I didn't hear you mention it, so I was just... Uh... Well, listen, I mean, uh, you know, we have a lot of valuable time on this show. We can't waste it with trivia. with that garbage. Exactly. I'm proud of your pirates that day. What did they do? They destroyed the Cubs. Great. Yeah. Well, listen. Yeah, every, they every, uh, actually... Every look, dog has his day. They look like a real ball team out there. Yeah. You know, now they could probably beat the Rochester Red Wings. Don't get carried away. Okay. Hey, um, I was wondering, when is the FM going talk? Adios. <laughs> Spanish well, talk is what I meant. Yeah, that would be interesting. Well, we already have Spanish talk. Yeah. No, I, well, I, guess... I don't know if those ratings can go down much further. Um, you know, that uh, they got to do something. Well, the book is going to be out on Tuesday, the uh, spring rating book. And, of course, everybody here is, uh, in fact, it's kind of amusing because everybody's been in management, upper level and middle level. You know, we've got so many levels, layers of management. And they've all been kind of like uh, in limbo. You know, they're waiting. And, of course, Tuesday morning at about 9 o'clock, I just know they're all going to be hovering around that computer. Yeah. And then when a book comes out, it's uh, going to be pretty interesting to look at those FM numbers. Is that the new format? 
It could be. In fact, in this market, that could be big. We'd call it death radio. That could that could work. You God's know waiting mean? room. WGWR. God's waiting room. I like it. Yeah. Got potential. We could put life to sleep. Hey, could you imagine Mike Spindell in the hospital? You know, well, God forbid, but let's you know, just as an example, say he's you know, minor operation, nothing major, and a brain transplant, just something minor. Something minor like that, and standing over him ready to do the operation as uh, a newly newly trained brain surgeon is Jesse Orozco. <laughs> excellent. <laughs> with Daryl Strawberry as his backup. Yeah, would that be good? That would be excellent. Well, Mike would deserve it. You know, he's been sticking with them through thick and thin. And uh, hey, you, you know, know. I, I'm a Mets fan, but I don't even watch it anymore. I get so frustrated. I just... Well, they don't have very many games on now. You know, we're getting really screwed now, those of us who have cable, because they have all of these sports networks that keep uh, ripping off all of the games from these New York teams. And now you, well, you know, very, you, very grim. You have to listen to the games. No, I'll pass. I can't handle Bob Murphy. Yeah? Bob Murphy was never any good, but now that he's about 120 years old, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, you know, I, I used to, I, I tried to listen to, to some of the games, but... Um, you One know, thing about New York, you know, they have the best of everything. People from New York think that as long as it's in New York, it's the greatest. Like all those great New York sportscasters like Phil Rizzuto and, uh -huh. and Bill White and Spencer Ross and um, Ralph Kiner. Oh, I mean, it is, it's desperate. They need to get rid of Kiner and Murphy. Gary Thorne is all right. He's, yeah, he's not too bad. Yeah. Well, he, he sounds real good because he's next to Murphy, so he sounds much better than he really is. I guess anybody could sound good next to Murphy. Yeah. But uh, anyway... Uh, so I left the country farm. I just thought I'd tell you that. Their history. Yeah. On to bigger and better things. Okay. Well, listen, have a great life. Wonderful life, and uh, we'll see you at the uh, Red Wings game. Okay. I'll see you at Silver Stadium. 24 before 1 at WINZ. In fact, in the 1 o'clock hour, we're going to be doing a tribute to Rochester. Uh, in Broward, we have an open line now, 524-9400, and we'll come right back. The following is a special... 22 before 1 at WINZ, and uh, let's go to Miami next. Hello. Neil? Yes? I just wanted to tell you, I read the article in the New York Times magazine section. Where did you get it? I went over to the newsstand and bought it. Oh, they've got it already? Well, they have the, you know, part of the, the uh, Times. They have the book review and the travel section and the, the uh, magazine section. That was all I was interested in. It cost me almost $3 to get it. Boy, you're really a big spender. You, <laughs> but it's interesting. It's uh, the same thing they've been saying. But one, the one thing that they always say is how great it was before 1980, and you know, after 1980 is when it really got bad. Well, what they're talking about, and they don't want to say it, is the Marielle boat lift. Right, but but before 1980, was it so great? No. No, it was, um, I came here in 1976, and it was, there were still remnants of greatness. It was still, you know, the full decay had not set in. But I think that probably the 50s and 60s were the heyday for this town. Yeah, I was here then in the 50s. Uh, but I wanted to tell you about the one full-color picture they ran with the story. It says, opposite page, supporting the Nicaraguan Contras, Cuban boats have shifted Florida to the right. There's a picture of some Cubans standing here, and they're carrying a sign that says, the Cubans were the first freedom fighters. Did you know that? The first 
freedom fighters. Well, if that's the case, uh, our advice to the Contras is don't buy a house. <laughs> really? I wanted to say I, I agree with you on spring break. They've ruined that. They, they, we should have had gambling. Why they? I don't know what. I mean, didn't wrong with didn't we just last Thursday uh, celebrate the bicentennial of the Constitution? Mm-hmm. Whatever happened to the American revolutionaries? Whatever happened to those freedom fighters, or don't they count? No, they don't count. Oh, it I says see. right here in the paper. But... Okay, well, if it says it in the paper, then it must be true. <laughs> Listen, can I say, I want to say something about Iran. Uh, I haven't heard this, although maybe you have. I don't listen too much, but, uh, but I have been listening to you quite a bit lately. I kind of feel that Reagan, that none of this has to do with humanitarian reasons or help for the Contras or help for the hostages. I just felt that he promised the arms manufacturers that he would sell their their wares because they put him in power. And so he said, I'm going to sell for you, you know, and, and I'll do it any, any way I can, even though he thought Congress would say, okay, and, and you know, we could sell them the stuff. But they didn't. So he had to figure out some way to do it. Does that make sense to you? No. No? It doesn't? I thought that was the reason. Hasta luego. 18 before 1 at WINZ. Let's go to Miami Beach. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. Good morning. Good afternoon, I guess now. It was morning when I started. Uh, I disagree with you. Uh, there is some redeeming value in Miami. There's something... Uh, well, I didn't say there wasn't any redeeming value. Let's not get carried away. Yeah, well, it's, uh, I like Coconut Grove. I like Coconut Grove. It's a fun place to go. Uh, I was born here. I've lived here all my life, except for while I was in the service. And uh, I still look forward to coming back here whenever I go, whenever I travel. It uh, still feels like home. It's, uh, there's something that Miami has that... Uh, but, but that's true of wherever you live. No matter where you live, when you go on vacation, for example... <laughs> And you come back home, there is something. Well, that's probably There's true. an intangible about coming home. Yeah, I agree. That's true everywhere. But uh, I still, I don't know. I like the the city. The uh, there, there's something about it. There's a there's a vitality here. Not. Well, wait a minute. There's a vitality. Yeah. I think so. Boy, I'm really I'm um, dismayed that you would use that word because if there's one thing that's lacking here, it's vitality. This is like a laid-back, vegetating, and maybe it's the heat and the humidity. Yeah, but, it is. But uh, I've noticed that since I first came here, boy, it's very, it's, it's, you know, that's why I use that term, brain dead. Well, maybe that's not the right word, vitality. No, vitality is not the word. Something interesting. Try another one. The place, uh, let's see, uh, exotic, or, uh, it's, it's different. You can find different things. It's different, different, yeah. Different people. The rules uh, are different, and the town is different. For nationalities, and you can find different kinds of foods here and everything. Of course, it probably doesn't compare with New York and being a lot bigger city and everything. But, uh, of course, I've never... Well, when you say you can find different kinds of food here, I'm not so sure I understand what that means. I mean, you can go to Little Havana and get black beans and rice. But in Sarasota, you can go to the Columbia restaurant and get black beans and rice. And you can find and you can find yeah, 80... You, cuisine, you can find 80 Chinese restaurants and you can find French restaurants and you can find the German restaurants in Sarasota. And Sarasota is a little town. And Belgium restaurants? Yeah. Or whatever... Finnish, Flinnish, Greek, Flinnish, uh, Finnish, right? Yeah, I think I think that was the that was the word. Got a caller on a mobile phone on Saturday. Hello. How are you? Okay. Uh, I would like to tell all those people that voted against casino gambling that it's 
their fault that we have that additional tax on services. Right. Because I think that that would have never even been mentioned if you had casino gambling. Um, I have a relative who is in the uh, boat brokerage business, and I believe what he's going to have to do now is charge not only sales tax on the same boat every time it gets sold over and over and over, uh, allowing the state to collect several times on the same item, but he's also going to have to charge a tax on his service so the customer will be double taxed. Great. Isn't that illegal? Great. Double taxation? Yeah. Well, maybe we need another Boston Tea Party. Jeez. And I know just, I know who, just Someone who can lead it. Can we, do we have Gail Stewart's phone number? Who? The tea lady. Huh? We have a special tea lady here at Winds. We're going to hire her back to, uh, to have another revolt. Uh, well, I'll tell you what. I don't know, but uh, a lot of people are just sitting back thinking that someone else is going to do something about this tax, but it's it's absurd, ridiculous. Well, listen, it's Governor Martinez that you talk about the people voting against casino gambling. They voted for this Neanderthal. He was a, he was a loser in Tampa. He's a major loser in Tallahassee now. He's an absolute, an unmitigated disaster. And what they wanted is what they got. You know, these things don't happen by osmosis. You see, you know, it's very easy to sit back and always blame the politicians. But who is it that keeps putting the Barry Schreiber's and the George Valdez's and the the Bob Martinez's into office? It's the electorate that goes out and picks these people. Well, it's those old bags on the beach. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. okay good luck to you, sir. Barry goes up there into Point East or wherever, all those condos, and he does his little Kazatsky, and he wears his yarmulke, and he schmoozes with everybody and eats lots of knishes, and everybody uh, quells from him, and they all run out, and that's all it takes. And the man, I, I said it to an earlier caller, and I want to go on record. I mentioned this earlier. I retract my statement from yesterday. Sergio Pereira is not Dade County's number one asshole. Barry Schreiber is. I mean, it's not even a contest. How could I have forgotten And I noticed nobody has anything to say about the fact that he would like to pass this resolution, which would amend the Fair Housing Ordinance to permit some exceptions so that we can have these adult-only retirement communities in Dade County. We can have 80-century villages in Dade County. Fort Lauderdale, hello. Santeria in Hialeah. Buenos dias. Buenos dias. Adios. Adios already? No, that was just a uh, preview of things to come. Oh, okay, well, let me know. Um, I had just returned from Chicago, had a fabulous time, and there was so much going on there, and I can really apply the name vitality, I mean the word vitality, uh, to the people there. And they, In fact, they all looked like they were on speed. And, I, and then I, I suddenly realized it's because they all have some place to go and something to do. Yeah. We wander around here. We get up. We think, what the hell am I going to do today? And that's the difference. And they're all they're so proud of what's happening there. And they're building so many new buildings. And they're revitalizing um, an area when I grew up. I mean, you wouldn't even think of going there. And the townhouses now are, are selling for to between 250,000 to 500,000 in this neglected area that well it's just unreal. Uh they had Bastille Day and taste of food in the park and all kinds of things and it really made me stop and think and and as as the man said when you come home or you said rather 
when you do come home, at first everything looks great. And yeah. that lasted less than 24 hours with me. And I just drove up to the market after I, well, after I got home to get some orange juice and things from the morning, and I was seated in my car, had the, my hand, uh, the uh, keys to my car in my hand, and a nice Cuban lady came along and took the whole front end off of my sports car. Mm. So I thought, well, that, you know, it's less than 24 hours I'm home. There goes Hasta the evening. luego. I am, I'm just, I'm sick. So I'm right back in the same frame of mind that I want to move again, and I'm quite sure I'm going to. You know, again, it sounds like ethnic bashing, which it's not. But I'm <laughs> no, going, no, I'm no, going no. to say it again. I'm not talking about what you said, but what I'm saying, and I want to reiterate it. The, this business about the Cubans made this area and all of this other garbage is the worst lie that anyone could tell. It's nonsense. It's absolute nonsense. And the fact that there was that much of an influx permitted, Cubans, Haitians, Nicaraguans, you name it, to come in to such a small geographical area in such a short period of time has been devastating. I don't know if we're ever going to recover from it, which, you know, basically is the essence of the article that this guy wrote in the Times. Is Miami ever going to come back? Can we survive? I don't think we are because what I noticed in Chicago, they have a lot of Mexicans, a lot of Puerto Ricans. I went to Greek town and had wonderful Greek food. And, uh, I mean, they have ethnicity there also, but not at all like we see down here. And, and, uh, and of course, a lot of blacks, black mayor and so forth. But everybody just seems to get along. They hold the door open when they see you running for the, for an elevator. Here, they, it's almost with glee that they let it shut. And there's yeah. a stand with shopping bags in your hand, and everyone's polite. And I don't think that they're going to to um, ever create this feeling of warmth. And uh, they don't care. They just they've taken it over. They want it. And as far as I'm concerned, they can have it. I just, uh, I'm sorry to have to give up on it. I've been here over 20 years, but I really can't take it anymore. And I, I, I had a caller the other day who debated the fact that uh, this thing is sprayed into plantation. And I don't know where this individual is uh, hanging out, but if you go into Broward Mall to some of the shops, you hear uh, uh, some of the help babbling away in, in Espanol. And, uh, you know, it, it's just a matter of time. You know, in the old days when immigration was... was the, the kind of immigration I was talking about before, there were ethnic neighborhoods. There were a few blocks, a few, maybe a square mile or a few blocks uh, that were Italian and another uh, area that was uh, Jewish or Polish or whatever it was. But, but this immigration has is, uh, is been so uncontrolled and so out of hand that it just, it's sweeping over the entire area. And we have another culture and another mindset and another, uh, a whole other world that's come in here and just devastated and completely turned around what this area used to be. I totally agree. I want to tell you about my one date. Well, my cousin used to be married to this man. He's a jeweler, and he's Jewish, and, and he sells beads. And so I just, well, behind his back, I'd call him Juju Bead. But, I mean, oh. now I know that was terrible, but he deserved it. He deserved a lot more. Oh. When you hear what I tell you, um, I stayed with a girlfriend uh, the whole time I was there, so I was very fortunate very cheap vacation for me um we went out to one of the loveliest hotels there and had dinner and and my friend came along and after dinner after a lovely dinner this man picked up the napkin blew his nose in the napkin oh after we got home i said to my girlfriend her name is gay and i call her gazy 
And her middle name is Leon, so her mother must have been all messed up. I don't know, but anyway. Her I middle name is Leon? Her middle name. Gay Leon. What? what? Gay Leon. Gay Leon. Oh, I think I know him. <laughs> well, I said, Gazy, did you see that? She said, Donna, you must be nuts. It, it, was, it was, had to have been a handkerchief. I said, well, I'll know tomorrow. The next, the following evening, I went to, uh, I went out with him again. I'm a glutton for punishment. And we went to a Greek restaurant. Thank God they had red napkins. Now I was alone with this man. And, oh, he was just so obnoxious at this point. I knew I wanted to get home, but I really didn't take that much money with me because I just had a little bag. You put lipstick and a handkerchief, you know, one of those things. Uh-huh. True. And uh, so I ordered the cheapest thing on the menu, moussaka. And he sent his food back. He was just... It, nothing would please him. And at the end of the dinner, he picked up the red napkin, and I knew that I had been right all along. And he, and they all know him there. I mean, he must be a big spender. And he blew his nose in the napkin again. This was a first for me. It was the only distasteful thing that happened to me the entire time I was there. So it's a great place to visit, but... but uh, don't put it. Yeah. Don't hang around with that guy. Okay, well, listen. Adios. Six minutes before one at WYNZ. We have an open line in Broward, 524-9400. We have an hour and six minutes to go. And for some bizarre reason, it's flying by here today. But I know in that last hour, we'll probably make up for it. America, you sure have a thing. By saying, I'm a gun owner and I've had a uh, concealed weapons permit for about the last ten years uh, because of the kind of business that I'm in. But he has uh, he has an idea that if everybody carried a gun on their side, that it, you know we would reduce crime. And I think it's uh, it's a really unrealistic uh, you know idea his because I think the one thing that he doesn't uh, have in mind, and this is a personal experience, a brother in law, my brother in law was shot in the back uh, four weeks ago after a traffic incident, and now he's paralyzed from the waist down. If he would uh, read some of the st uh, statistics of accidents accidental gun injuries and just from flare-ups of temper and domestic violence and that ends with a gunshot did you see the story one of the most tragic stories i've ever seen about the vendor in miami a couple of days ago yeah right right exactly and, and this guy uh, was closing up his uh, little vending shop and getting ready to go home and a friend of his was standing there and the guy carried a gun on him the vendor right and his friend as a joke came up behind him and said, this is a stick-up or something like that, and he put his finger in his back like he had a gun, and the guy turned around and blew his friend away. Thought Absolutely. It was, thought it was a stick-up and killed him. I mean, you read about it every single day in a paper. You read about one tragedy after another, and, and to think that to have everybody carrying a, a weapon, uh, you know, is just ridiculous. You can run away from a club, you can run away from a knife, you can run away from a stick, but it's very difficult to run away from a, you know, from a maniac with a gun that's, uh, you know, that, you know, one shot can just ruin your life. Well, you said maniac, and that stands, so what can I tell you? <laughs> okay. Thanks a lot, Neil. I enjoy your show. Thanks for calling. By the way, people in Century Village, of course, are up in arms in Pembroke Pines about this latest crime wave, and they're asking for more security. And uh, they have a very unique way. They're not into this violent business either because they don't want to see any innocent bystander get blown away. So they're arming themselves with sweet and low at Century Village. And uh, this probably, you know, we owe an apology, I would think, to a lot of these folks because this is what happens. If you have enough packs in your purse, what you do is when you see trouble coming, uh, you open them up and in a flutter of pink, these people are blinded and shocked and it gives you ample time to hobble away. So it works out very well. 
Hollywood, hello. Hello, Neil. Yes. How are you? Okay. You know, after many years of research, they finally came out with a way to avoid AIDS. Let's go to uh, Hollywood. Hello. Hello. Yes. Neil, how are you doing? Okay. Um, I just wanted to call and uh, I wanted to touch on a couple of points. Um, uh, you know, I've lived here all my life and I love it down here. And uh, I agree with you, though, that uh, there there are just so many people out to destroy what we have here. Um, like the last caller. You know, you can tell about 70% of the time on these shows if the voice is old and crotchety sounding. It's going to be, you know, a disaster. It's going to be some bitter... Na I didn't even let him finish, you know, but somebody who just wants to take a miserable shot at the whole human race. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, the shot I want to take is that... Uh, Go uh, ahead, that, sir. That Dick Mayor Cox, if I can say that. Yeah. Oh, okay, good. Because that's the way I feel about him. Um, you know, the I, I read about... About three years ago, I read in the paper, just before all this... You know, before they killed off the spring break, I started reading where um, a lot of the mo more influential people that lived there on the strip were starting to complain to the, the council and, uh, and and to Mayor Cox. And, uh, you know, the thing that gets me is those people, you know, they, well, they were complaining that they were having a hard time getting into their parking spots and their condominiums and, and you know, so forth. And uh, those people, I, I believe those people are behind the reason why Mayor Cox is doing what he's doing. Those same people that bought that property there on the beach so they could, you know, when they were a little bit younger, so they could look at the young, hard bodies, have gone impotent now, and, and now they're more concerned about whether or not they can park their cars. Yeah. All they want to look at is old, soft bodies. Yeah, well, yeah. They, don't even, they don't even care anymore. They just want to get in and out of their parking spot. But, uh, no, that's about it. I just wanted to, you know, tell you, just let you know how I felt about uh, Mayor Cox. Well, he's, you know, he's a relic of the past and a real Neanderthal. And the fact that he's the mayor of Fort Lauderdale, I think, says it all. He's, he's a throwback to the Dark Ages, and that's exactly what he and his cohorts have managed to do. And between them and the fascist Gestapo police up there, boy, they've, uh, they've really done a great number. Now, isn't, isn't it amazing that an area that always had all that good free press, all that free publicity from the movie Where the Boys Are and all those other, you know, s movies about Fort Lauderdale, um, and the, the general image of spring break, only because, you know, we were lucky enough to have the natural geographical attribute. Nobody did anything special to, to create it. It just happened to be there. Isn't it amazing how they've been able in just a couple of quick years to destroy the whole thing? Yeah, well... Blow it onto the water. Well, it doesn't take long to kill a rose, you know? Yeah, you got it. Okay, well, thanks a lot. Have man. a nice weekend. Hollywood, hello. Good morning. Hi. Or afternoon, whatever. Well, whatever it is, man. This made my day. Okay. They had Pope popsicles. Yeah. Because one time when I was a widow at 24, my husband died during World War II. Mm -hmm. And I accidentally dated this person that had been a dropout priest. He had been in the seminary or whatever it is they have about five years and almost lost his mind, so he got out of it. But he told me that they taught them oral genital sex to protect the nuns. And so I think that Pope popsicles are just great. Okay, ma'am. How about that? Okay, well, we'll certainly uh, give the Archbishop your highest regards. 113 at WYNZ. We have an open line in Dade now, 624-9400. And we'll go to Pompano. Hello. Yes, Neil. Yes. I've listen, listening to you for the past six weeks, and I think you're doing a great show. Absolutely. Okay. A friend of mine, I got him listening for the first time. He loves Madonna, and I wanted him to hear your comments about her. 
Well, I mean, what is there to say? I mean, she's a slut, a sleazebag, disgusting, vulgar, grotesque. What is there to say? Not to mention is hairy and probably smells bad. Not much more, I guess. But I will say this. I will say this, that when she hooked up with Sean Penn, that was a match made in heaven. <laughs> That's I mean, true. two eternal sleazebags. <laughs> okay, uh, one more thing. Could you play a song for me? Well, it all depends. If it's Madonna, forget it. Oh, no, 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 no. You can call Stan. He'll play Madonna. That's for sure. How about Ollie Be Good for everybody who hasn't had their fill about the Contra hearings? Oh, yeah, I'll have to dig around for that. I haven't played that yet. Okay. All right, thanks a lot. See you later. Yeah, Stan will play Madonna. In fact, you notice that almost all of the songs that Stan plays, except for I Want to Be Don Johnson and that long terminal Elvis cut, uh, that live album, are female, whether it's ABBA or Madonna. See, I like music because it sounds good. Whether it's male, female, whether it's a group, makes no difference to me. I like it because it sounds good. I like the sound and the beat, whatever. Uh, Stan, of course, likes it only because it is a fantasy or is a uh, an accessory to a fantasy. Although how anybody could fantasize about Madonna beats the hell out of me. I don't understand it. Surfside, hello. Hello. Oh, very good. From Surfside, no less. Shame on you, honey. Wash your mouth out with Clorox. Stain comes on at 2 o'clock, okay? Miami Shores, hello. Hello. I yes. I believe that last lady. She was good, wasn't she? Yeah, real talented. Good head on her shoulders. Yeah, literally. Um, I, I moved down here in 66, and uh, back in those days, Miami was a really fun town. They had a lot of things going for young people. They used to have, uh, in the late 60s, they had love-ins in Grenells Park on the weekends. You know, they had a place called The Image that had live music. You know, like big bands used to come down there, like The Doors and uh, Led Zeppelin and bands like that. And um, I think personally, in 1970, after uh, Jim Morrison did his famous uh, masturbating on stage act at the Dinner Key Auditorium, they had this big uh, decency rally in the Orange Bowl, and uh, Jackie Gleason, uh, may he rest, was involved in that. And I, I think that was that actual incident could have been the beginning of the end because that's when all the righteous people came out of the closet and decided they were going to uh they were going to trash the freewheeling image of of miami and uh turn it into this uptight town and it's just it's just slid that way ever since well i'll tell you another one of the real turning points and this is a little bit pre-1980 when everybody claims that the uh, you know the demarcation line was when the anita bryant business went on here in 1977 yeah uh, that really focused national spotlight on this town, and it made this look like a real repressive right-wing, backwards... You know, it really uh, focused a lot of negativity on this town. And it, the guy who called earlier about Fort Lauderdale being such a contradiction, and I've said that for years, on the one hand, we want to, you know, do all these PR campaigns and have the posters with the um, half-naked women and so on and the sun and fun and all of that but on the other hand we don't want to have that here in other words we want to peddle a good image to everybody else to sucker them into coming here but then when they get here we don't want anything going on exactly exactly just like it's spring thing, break it's one thing to say it say this is what we're all about but if you try to live it watch how fast they slam you down you got it yeah well listen neil i've been listening to you for a while now and i really enjoy it and uh you know, thanks for being there. Keep it up. Okay, thanks for calling. Okay, bye. 
118 at WINZ. Of course, uh, Jim Morrison is doing his thing on Zeta several times each hour, so if you're uh, one of those Jim Morrison fans, I do like The Doors. I have all their albums and all of that, but, uh, you know, how many times can you hear L.A. Woman in one hour, right? Okay, we have one open line. It's in Dade County, 624-9400. Stan Major is in the room. Hi, honey. And uh, he's smoking one of those Dominican suppositories that he received yesterday. Kyle, by the way, tells me that uh, the whole building is now infested with the smoke, and they've actually got him a little smoke eater up there. A uh, Not really a smoke eater. It's a noise machine. Remember the one we had in here? Well, this one makes three times the amount of noise that that one did. That's good. He won't be able to hear us. Well, in the case of your show, right, he figured that's, huh? that's a public service. Yeah. So what do you have lined up for us today? Well, let me take my break first, and then I'll, uh, we'll take come a back. Because I see you've got a lot of spots in here today. You may not uh, have much of a show. Listen, I, I have nothing show when I don't have any commercial. Well, I didn't want to be the one to say it. Okay, 119 at WINZ. When we come back, Stan is going to preview. How were the frogs last night, by the way? They should have been really wild because it was pouring cats and dogs. I, I found them. Oh, did you find them? I found them. Did you get rid of them? No, but I'm, I'm going to be open to ideas. Okay. In fact, that's going to be the uh, whole show today, probably. No, it is not. <laughs> hey, listen, you got a microwave. Okay, we'll come back right after this. A sister of the man who was shot in the back. Oh, this is going to really be something. Hello. Hi. Hi. Yes, it was my brother who got shot in the back. Boy. And uh, he was in a traffic altercation is what they called it. This guy was weaving in and out of traffic and cutting everybody off. My brother got his license tag number to report him for, you know, because you can do that. And uh, my brother had passed him, and that's when he shot him in the back. Unbelievable. Okay, now this guy is out, and he owns three guns. My brother doesn't own a gun. My brother's now paralyzed from the waist down. But this guy is out walking around and owns three guns. You see what I mean? It's yeah. like, it's crazy. And I don't think the answer is to run away from what's happening here. You know, because all we're doing is giving in. You know, it's like what we need to do is not fight. I, I'm against violence, but if we let them take over Miami, how far does it go from yeah. here? Well, we need to scream bloody murder. We need to uh, make some noise. And the first thing we need to do is, uh, you know, bring out the truth. And maybe this article that's coming out in the Times tomorrow, if nothing else, at least it'll focus attention on it again, whether they like it or not. Yeah, right, exactly. You know, it's like it's corrupt all over the place. And and besides that, teaching our children morals. What kind of morals are they learning when they see the government is, you know, denying, <laughs> you know, and stuff like this, you know? I mean, I think that uh, they learn and they, you know, children are really brilliant. And they're not going to, you know, it's like when they when they say, do as I say, not as I do, you know? you got to show them that, you know, that there's morals. But what are we showing them as far as the government, as far as everything? You know, that's the thing. Yeah. So these kids, you know, they have deniability to begin with because they try and test you and, you know, and stuff. But now it's even worse. You know, even when I was growing up, it wasn't this bad. You know, but I have a young daughter. And, you know, but the thing is, the last American, you know, please bring the flag. Where to? How far do we run? Okay. Hang in there. I will. Appreciate I will. And he, my brother happens to be doing great, but I'll tell yeah. you, it's really a shame because it's, you know, it's like, 
this guy is out and walking around and, you know, he has three guns and who knows what can happen. You know, it's it's like, where does it all end or where does, where can we begin without violence? Okay, I appreciate hearing from you, dear. Okay, thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye now. 25 past 1 at WINZ. We have two open lines now. They're both in Dade, 624-9400. I have a feeling it's going to be quite a Stan Major show this afternoon. Why don't you just keep his mic off the whole show, that's all. Is he upset? You don't know. You don't care, do you? Good. Okay. I don't know. You know, everybody is so uptight around here lately. They're just all uptight. I mean, they were ripping me yesterday from what he just tells me. I didn't even hear it. Him and Tweety Bird were ripping me because I've been such a pussycat since I came back from vacation. Could have fooled me. Miami Beach, hello. Hello, Neil. How are you? Good. Listen, can I talk about the ignoramus on WIOU? No. Margate, hello. Yes, Neil. How are you doing? Good. Neil, I was wondering when the Pope's coming down. You were wondering? Yeah. Why? Did you want to buy him some underwear or something? I want to go down and see him, of course. September 12th. Sir. Got a lot of power, doesn't he? September 12th. Okay, September 12th. Okay, are you going to go down and see him? No. Oh, why not? I have to go to the track that day. Well, how often do you see an important man like that, though? An impotent man like that? Yeah. Well, we can. Well, the president's going to be here at the same time, so we'll see two impotent men. Yeah, that's great. Together, yeah. yeah. I see him. Thanks. Okay, good luck to you, sir. I hope you enjoy your popsicle. Miramar, hello. Miramar. Hello? Hello? Yes. Yes, this is Neil. Yeah. This is Hollywood, not Miramar. Okay, well, that's close. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, glad to have you back, Neil. Okay, on the, uh, you could play that I-95 song for that uh, young lady. The one, not the last one, but the one before. They only had a couple words to say. Oh, that, I dumped it. Uh, well, I it was it. on the radio. I heard it. No, it wasn't on the radio. It was? You heard it on the phone. Oh, okay. Maybe so. Okay, Neil, I talked to you uh, quite a while back uh, about uh, having some tapes from your old shows that you could play on the radio. Yeah. Are you still going to do that? Yeah, next time I go on vacation, in fact, they're taping all the shows now, so that next time I go on vacation, we don't have to have Ollie North hearings on. Uh-huh. Did you see Howard uh, up there when you went up to New York? No. I wasn't in New York City. Oh, I see. Rochester, then. Right, which is a long way uh-huh. from the city. Okay, I got one here for you. Okay, you know all the people in the market, you know, like yourself and everything? You know, they're taking polls all the time? Mm-hmm. Okay, you, you could take one for Uncle Ollie, and we'll call it the North Pole. That's kind of dry. Yeah. Yeah, you had to be there. <laughs> okay. Appreciate listening to your show, Neil. See you at Galleria. Okay. Bye-bye now. Good luck to you, sir. Have a wonderful life. We have a couple open lines in Broward now. In fact, all the Broward lines just opened up. 524-9400. Everything was uh, coasting along, and then Major came in, and we seem to have had a uh, major altercation here in the last couple of minutes. And I don't know what's going on, but I'm just uh, very pleased. I'm ready to kiss the ground or even the Pope's ring that in uh, 32 minutes I'm going to be long gone out of here. Miami, hello. Hello, Neil. Yes. Hi, how are you? Good. Good. It's great to have you back. Neil, uh, you were uh, earlier on, you know, ragging about Delta. And I wanted to tell you that my husband is in the airline business stationed here out of Miami. 
And he told me that <clears throat> two or three days ago, an incident was not reported in the uh, newspaper or on the TV. He doesn't know how it ever got through. But he told me this incident where there was a, a Delta had a 767 leaving from California to New York. And not too far into the flight, one of the engines went out. And a 767 only has two engines. So naturally, pilots are told immediately when that an engine goes out, you fly to the nearest airport. Well, would you believe what this pilot did? He flew from California all the way to New York with one engine. And when he landed in New York and his feet hit terra firma, he was fired on the spot. But that never got out. Hmm. Can you imagine him endangering the lives of all those people? How'd you like the one who shut off both engines? And, oh, uh, but I mean... <laughs> and the plane dropped to within a few hundred feet of the ocean? That was uh, that must have been I, a real uplifting my, experience. My husband says that, you know, the scuttlebutt, you know, among the pilots. They, they cannot believe, of course, they, they, <clears throat> they, they all contributed to very poor training. But um, I think... I mean, I couldn't, when he told me that story, I just couldn't believe a seven-year-old child would have had better judgment. And, and they're told immediately in training, if that ever, I mean, if, whether you have three engines, four engines, or whatever, immediately fly to the next destination. Immediately. This fellow threw, what, 3,000 miles to New York with a load full of people on that airplane? Yeah. Well, you notice all the comment we've had about this. I brought it up yesterday briefly. And then I mentioned it to get again today a couple of times, and uh, nobody cares about it. Oh. And I, I guarantee you, people are going to go out there and do business as usual, and uh, wherever they have to get whatever is the cheapest and the most convenient, the most, and that's all they care about. Oh, but I mean, uh, that is, uh, to me, that is un unbelievable. Absolutely. Uh, it's like I say, no, I'm repetitious. A child would have had better, uh, yeah. you know, he would have, a child would have used better judgment in that. Well, you know, a pilot is uh, like a brain surgeon or, a, you know, any kind of physician. He's got uh, the power of life and death in his hands. And when a kind of uh, incredibly stupid and lax things go on, and I notice, uh, you know, nobody cares. Nobody gives a damn about it, and I don't hear anybody else talking about it. So uh, life goes on in a big city. We have an open line in Dade, 624-9400-131 at WINZ. Our next call from Hialeah. Hello. Hello. Hi. How are you today? Good. Listen, I just yesterday there was a comment made about the uh, people going on welfare and not getting unemployment. Not on this show. No, sir, on the gentleman that follows you. Well, after. call him and talk about it. Account. And no one gives a damn if you don't balance out. But he should have seen him kick, you should have 
scale of zero, that's about minus infinity, isn't it? I wondered why I hadn't played that before, okay? They fed that down the CBS line a few days ago, and uh, you won't hear that on this show again. Okay, 18 before 2 at WINZ. We have a couple of open lines still in Broward, 524-9400. And uh, where shall we go, he asked, and the answer is... 